mighty nice. Each trip's a trip to paradise with my baby. Finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Quotes and Nobody Gets Any More Facebook page, nohomers.net and popculture.com.au. I am Dando. I'm Mitch. Today we are here to review. The beginning of season five. The beginning of season five with Homer's Barber Shop <laughs> Quartet. How, it's so great that we're up to the great episodes, but it's also depressing. We're just so quickly. It feels like yesterday we're up to season one. It's just. It's we're up that. to season one. So yesterday we were we, starting. Yeah, we're starting. Yes. Yeah. yeah just, we're all the way up to the first. And we've got how many, how many seasons left before people start going, oh, I don't really like it anymore? Yeah, how many seasons left before they stop listening to well, us? Well, how long has it taken us to get to this? Two years. Not two, quite two about years. About two years. So we've got two years to make it big. Pretty Because then they'll all start tuning out. Yeah. Do you reckon we can make the, the later episodes sort of what, what, better than what they are? But do you reckon people will want to hear us talk about the later ones? Um, or do you think they're going to go, I don't know that one, I'm not going to bother listening anymore? Maybe. It's a weird thing. Maybe we'll I feel make like, them like the show now. I, I was going to say, I feel like, I don't know if we'll make them like episodes that they didn't like, but we might be able to make them be interested in hearing about episodes they didn't like. I feel like in the, the first few seasons where people don't necessarily identify season one as being the golden time, and obviously it was finding its feet, that from our show numbers, um, episodes that were lesser episodes in people's memory didn't get downloaded as much. But now we're going to hit the ones that everyone loves. Our numbers are going to be higher. Will we be able to hold on? Hmm? Is that more than just a little bit arrogant of me to think that, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> well, that's the challenge, isn't it? You'll stick around for us. Well, how many seasons they got? 28? You come for The Simpsons, you stay for The Mitch <laughs> stay and Dando. For the, just stay for The Mitch. <laughs> We want to throw a big thank you out at the start of the show, not only to our patrons, we love you all, but also to everyone who's rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store, because last night- Oh, yes, I've got a song for you. Yes, you do. Yeah, did you, want... you see this? No. No? Oh, okay, good. Oh, wait, I did see it. Yeah. yeah, so I'll let you get to that. There's this very special- uh, We got They emailed it through to us as well, because iTunes screwed up the way it was all set out in mm. the review. But anyway, I was laying in bed last night, and I've been a bit down lately, because, you know, unemployed, and it's just sort of starting to hit me. I'm feeling a bit like, you know- like I'm, I'm just, I feel a bit shit. Wearing a shirt of a dead man probably doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to tell him who it was? Uh, Bowie. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a respectable dead man. Yeah. But um, and I just, I thought I was going to read reviews, and trust me, I was at the point where if I had to read a negative review, it was done. I was, I just was. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was gonna get a phone call. <laughs> It's over. It's over. The dream is over. But every review, five stars, and everyone's just so nice. So, I'm How many years were Nirvana into their fame before Cobain topped him? <laughs> is that what you're at now? Not quite. Not quite. Okay. I was there until I read the reviews. So thank you to everyone. You, your kind words just really put me over the moon. I Suicide just, jokes in the opening couple of minutes of podcast. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. Good. Welcome to season five of Four Finger, Four Finger Discount. But um, yeah, really do appreciate it, guys. If you haven't rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store yet, not only... We would appreciate it, but not only does it make us feel better about ourselves mm. and the show, makes us feel like the show's worth it, worth it each and every week, but also helps us boost up the, the rankings, I guess you can say, in yeah. iTunes. Helps us appear more frequently in yeah. iTunes because we seem more popular. But yeah, thank you to everybody who's rated and reviewed us. It really did brighten my night. I uh, On the subject of review, so I do have a song that a listener has written as a review. Yeah, that's cool. I've also got, oh, if I can try to find this really quickly. I uh, You know how you could 
call people through Facebook Messenger now. How cool is that? I used it when I was overseas, yeah. It is really handy. Mm. And particularly if you don't have someone's phone number, if they've, you know, just do it, it's almost like Skype. Well, well it's good it's because right my there. family are all useless and didn't know how to use Skype. It's yeah. just the, the concept of having to download an app and then yeah. log in and create an account was just too much too for much them. Too much for them. Yeah. So, I called a friend and at the end of a phone call, I guess because it's new, it pops up saying, how would you rate the quality of this phone call? It does call? it all the time, yeah. So, and I, mine worked flawlessly. So, I gave it a five stars and was all good. I then get a screenshot through from my mate, three stars out of five. Um, I've gone not quite up to standard. He said, I rated you a three. Courteous and polite. Could have used some more gags though. I said, please put that review on iTunes. <laughs> Copy and paste and four-figure discount. Have a review. <laughs> three stars. Well, I don't know if he copied the three the three star <laughs> bit. Better yeah, not. Have. <laughs> but there should be a review in there. Courteous and polite. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Which friend was that? Uh, Robbie Crockett. Okay. Shout well, out. Shout out to Robbie. Uh, Long time listener of the show. Actually, cool. One of the early adopters. I had a couple of people from Geelong contact me this week saying they added me on Facebook, and I thought you've got a lot of mutual friends, so you must yeah. I must know you from somewhere. Yeah. I don't know him from a bar of soap, but we- I listen to the show. <laughs> Women or men? Uh, men. Yeah. Okay. I, f- I find that men get vetted a lot more strongly before you decide to accept. <laughs> so, shout out to Brian and Mitch from Geelong. Thank you for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. But what's this song you're telling us about? Okay, so someone... This is a review that was left on iTunes that... Uh, who did this? This was done by Guy Incognito. Uh, I, yes. Why yeah. did I bother scrolling to the top of the email? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm... Shall I sing it? Yes, do it. Can we... If it's not too much work for you to get the backing... I don't know if you'd be able to get clean backing track without Burns's vocals. See my vest, yeah? Okay, yeah. Speaking of singing, tease later in the show. Yeah, oh yes. I did mention on Twitter there will be talk of karaoke later on. I think I hinted at this in a previous episode and then I forgot to tell the story. So, I'll make sure... the best song in the world. Uh, Well, not quite. (laughs) Me, 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 me. I feel like this is appropriate given we're doing Homer's Barbershop Quartet. You know what John Lennon used to say? Sugar Plum Fairy. That was his countdown to singing a song. Really? Anyway. Beatles related. Thought it was relevant. (laughs) Yep. Um, acid related as well which is <laughs> <laughs> okay some men watch for laughs fewers watch for plot but the only thing they're watching for is a podcast that sounds hot hear their cast hear their cast made by real Australian ho- uh, well, Australian Australian <laughs> hosts hear this banter there's no panda it's a it's authentic Simpsons fan talk see this ep twas their best then their review complete with just these two quippers Mitch and Dando are Springfield's hands and Lando opinions bad to be fair differences I've got my share but mutual likes of Springfieldites puts them to rest turn them on for a hoot can't put them on mute. Hear their cast. Hear their cast. Hear their cast. Do, 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 do. Like a doe-fest, or do you like Mo best? Even Lisa wouldn't protest, because a Simpsons-based podcast should truly last. So just prepare iPods by two matching earbuds. Hear their cast. Hear their cast. Oh, please, won't you hear their cast? I really like the podcast. Apparently so. <laughs> Thank you. Two stars. Thank you. To- <laughs> Thank you to Guy Incognito. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, I, I love that I was able to sing a song about our show being good without it actually coming across as being arrogant. That's a pretty unique thing to do. Do you reckon the listeners were sitting there just going, oh, man. <laughs> I, if there weren't at least three people singing along, and well, not singing along because you didn't know the lyrics, but I expected some people to be in a car just Envisioning Mr. Burns singing it. Yeah. We just need to get Harry to sing that for us. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would be the great. Next time he's in Australia, we have to make sure... 
Oh, no, he won't do it. Would no. he do it? Ah, uh, no, he might. Just get a few drinks into him. Yeah. What do you think Harry Shearer would drink? Cognac. You reckon? Brandy. Like, I, I don't know. I f- no, he-, he wouldn't be a beer man, that's for sure. Wouldn't he? Isn't there a lot of beer in New Orleans? But can you envision Harry singing, uh, drinking beer, though? Yeah. Depends what beer. Yeah, like he wouldn't be a... Boutique beer. Yeah, I feel like he'd be a... Well, he wouldn't be pretentious. He wouldn't be like one of those fisherman chips, fisherman's chips kind of <laughs> um, beer drinkers. But, you know, it'd be... He's not rocking up to the Heineken. Cheesecake Factory drinking a Bud Light. Yeah, no, no, no. Like Heineken, European beers. We'll ask him next time he's over. Mm. <laughs> so, should we get into Homer's Barbershop? Oh, I've got a few things to get into first. Well, we've got a couple sponsors. Yes, exactly. There's a couple of things we need to get into first. So, I'll let you go first. Travel with Steph. Travel with Steph. This is the fourth and final uh, plug for Travel with is Steph. Is it the fourth or the third? It's the fourth. Fourth, okay. Glad you're keeping up. We're one <laughs> one where we had no idea what we were doing, one that was a little bit better, and then a third where uh, it was slightly truncated. That's the way it's gone so far. Travel with Steph is an online travel blog as most of the blogs tend to be. You can find it on Instagram at Travel with Steph, S-T-E-F, uh, or the links to the bio, sorry, the links to the appropriate website in the bio. But if you're traveling around Europe, America in particular, but anywhere in the world in general, um, first place you should go and check for just some good sort of feet on the ground kind of information about what you can do, where you can go, and things to see in all the fun cities. Instagram page has got some fantastic photos and travel ideas. That is Travel with Steph. S-T-E-F. Now, also, if you like watching movies and drinking beer, then you'll definitely like the Everything I Learned From Movies podcast. I'm doing a- one of those things right now. You can put TV on. Try to like. guess which one. <laughs> E-I-L-F-M.podbean.com is where you can find their podcast. It's called Everything I Learned From Movies podcast. Check them out. They love drinking beer, watching movies. That's what everyone likes to do. So check mm-hmm. them out. I guarantee you will enjoy it. Now, Mitch, trivia for this week. Oh, yeah. Barbershop Quartet. Yep. Do you want to discuss what we thought about the episode first? Like, what, what did you think? Did oh, you enjoy hey, it? Are we going to recap season four first? Yeah, why not? Okay. okay. So, ju- just as a, re- a couple of people have written in saying, you guys didn't do a recap at the end of season three, and we would like you to do a recap of season four, mostly because we- I- a lot of listeners do enjoy finding out where their opinions differ from ours, and in positive ways. Like, it's... You know, what do we like about the show? You can kind of get that by saying these are my favourite episodes from that season and contrast it to their favourite episodes from that season. So... We promise this is off the cuff too. We did not prepare for this at all. No. Absolutely not. So, Dando... <laughs> What's your top five? In random order. <laughs> give me, say, Let me somewhere get it between... Open. Let me get it open. If you could, just off the top of your head, somewhere between four and six of your favourite episodes for the season... <laughs> Well, we won't put them in any particular order. Just the five, your five favourites. Yep. So, I included New Kid on the Block. Okay. Particularly, it's a good main story, but it's one of my favourite sub-stories of all time of Homer, the all you buffet. Just love it. Yep. Just the, that could have been me. <laughs> Amazing. Lionel Hutz, just everything. There's a remorseless eating machine. Yeah, New Kid on the Block, that's in my five favourites. Okay. You're just going to rip through all of them? Or gonna... oh, you, you go. Okay. I'm taking turns. Yeah, well, season four, episode one, Camp Krusty. Okay, yep. And I almost put that into my That life. one is in order for me. That's that's my favourite. That was my notable mention. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For yep. me, it's number one. For any particular reason? Well, I, just perfection from start to finish. Like, the fact that they managed to get so much in the plot, but at no point does it ever feel rushed. That's and true. And it's hilarious from start to but finish. But it couldn't have been, because they originally had it as a movie, it couldn't have lasted longer than what it did, I don't think. Not without adding... Maybe a one hour. Eh, maybe. Yeah, even an hour would have been a struggle. But, but yeah, it was just so perfectly encapsulated. That's because I remember you were saying when we did the review, you wished there was more focus on Homer and Marge and how their lives be- were better. Well, if you were going to extend it, yeah, that's yeah, how exactly. you would yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've included the classic Mr. Plough. Mm-hmm. 
Is there anything else I really need to say about Mr. Plough? No, just, I've got Mr. Plough in my top yeah, five yeah, as yeah. well. Okay, well, I'll go again. I've also got Last Exit to Springfield, which was before we did the reviews would not have been in my top five, yeah, but okay. it really surprised me because it's just... It's such a well-written story. Yep. And it's got so many classic moments that I forgot were in there. Mm. Obviously, you've got the dental plan, Lisa needs braces. That's yep. probably the most iconic. Homer doing the... Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> but I just love Where's the... Where's my burrito? But well, Exactly. But I just love the... He's coming on to me. Yeah, that Amazing. is great. They make strange bedfellows. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, last exit at Springfield. Sorry, Mr. Burns. I don't go in for these backdoor <laughs> shenanigans. Backdoor shenanigans, yes. Uh, I've got Marge gets a job Okay. In wh- there. Wh- wh- why, what did you like about that? I, I like that... Well, you got to investigate a side of Marge, not investigate, you got to see a side of Marge that you didn't see, but you also got to see a side of Burns that we've never seen, like a genuinely mm. in love Burns. As much as he still, like he, for a little while, he drops all of the evil pretenses that he has yep. and he genuinely likes her. And then when he finds out that he's been bettered. He becomes evil again, to an extent. Well, he fires her, but he doesn't take it out on home. Like, he sees that Homer yeah, has this true. genuine love, and it would be easy to fire Homer, but no, he says, I want you to make sure that she has the best night of her life, and he shackles Tom Jones and makes him perform. But <laughs> but it's, you know, the, there's an actual softness to him in that that you've never seen before. Yep. I've got Lisa's first word. Okay. Um, which, to me, is one of the better flashback episodes. It's Bart being in his terrible twos are hilarious. They're just him... Because I think as a... I, I went through that. Obviously, I was three when my sister was born, but I can really relate to how Bart was reacting, being jealous of his younger sister. She's getting all the attention, plus the ending. It's yeah, in my five favorites. Yep, Marge versus the monorail. That's in my. That's my other one. That's your last one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, I know it's cliche, but you can't not include that, can no, you? No, it's yeah, just you incredible. And my final one, Krusty gets cancelled. Okay. Yeah. Which, that almost made it into mine. Yeah, yeah. Which likewise, I may not have put in there had I not only just recently watched it. That's and why been I rem- think I left it out. Okay. You thought it was too soon. I think I thought memory. maybe it's just in my head, and I liked it so much because okay. we just did the review. No, I just. I'd forgotten how many great things happened back to back in that episode. Yeah. And you know, a listener pointed out uh, via the either emails or Twitter, I'm not entirely sure because I don't have it in front of me right now, but Marge doesn't have a speaking line in I that episode. I couldn't believe it that we didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. It's like Kramer being written out of Seinfeld in a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our top 10. Well, a couple of crossovers well combined. There. Well, I've got my notable mention was what was my notable mention? The one that you mentioned. Cam Krusty? Cam Krusty was my notable mention. How about Duffless? Duffless was a good one. Duffless was a very good yeah. one. You, you throw a notable mention in as well. Uh, Duffless was a very good one. <laughs> I, I can't believe you didn't have Brother from the Same Planet. Is that season three? Pardon? Is that season four? Yeah. Oh, whoops. Well, yeah, that could be another notable mention. Maybe I skipped like over that one. One of one my favourite was... episodes of all time, I believe, is what you said uh, when we reviewed it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Probably forgot it was there as I was looking through the episode lists in a hurry on the way to your house. I thought that was going to be your number one because you hadn't mentioned it to that point. But yeah. Alrighty, so... It is now. Revisionist top five. <laughs> I've only got a couple of trivia... Oh, I've got three trivia songs for you this episode. Mm-hmm. Trivia songs. Trivia questions I've for you this episode. I've got quite a few this week. I figured you would. Yes. Well, obviously, as a, be- I'm, as a big Beatles fan, yep. this is one of my favourites. But yeah, yeah. so you- I'll kick off then. I'll okay. go up a few more. How many conversions did Joseph of Arimathea do in AD uh, 46? 200 and something. 206? 26. 20, 26. Oh, 26. 2 and 6. Damn it. Nearly there. I had yeah, the yeah, 2 yeah, and yeah, the yeah. 6. Just added a zero in between. <laughs> Uh, I love that gag, the Methuselah rookie card. It's very clever. <laughs> yeah. Who voiced the B-sharps during the The Dapper Dans. The Dapper Dans. From Disneyland, yeah. Uh, from Disneyland and... Oh, brother, where art thou? Are they in the movie? Is, oh, oh, wait. Sorry. No, that's the Soggy Bottom Boy. Well, hang on. They play the Soggy Bottom Boys. They still perform at Disneyland. That's where they originated. Okay. Yeah, sorry. No, I was thinking Dapper Dan... Dapper Dan is what George Clooney wears in Oh, brother, where art thou? Ah, okay. My apologies. That's but good. yes, the Dapper Dans yes. voice them. Homer finds a Stradivarius violin yes. for five cents. 
how many of these exist in the world today? Oh, Jesus, that's a good question. Forty? Hmm. 512. Okay. That's a little bit more. I know, it's obscure. Yeah. I didn't expect you to answer, but I thought yeah. a bit of research. Can yeah. I give you one of my favorite jokes yeah, go for of it. all time? I'm not sure if I've ever... I don't think I've told this on the podcast. Um, homeless guy walks into a pawn shop. Porn as in porn. P A W N. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, carrying this violin. A um, little bit dusty violin. He says, Look, I found this on the street. Um, yeah, what can you give me for it? And the guy says, Hang on, I'll take it out the back and have a look at it. He gets it out the back. He's dusted it off. He's going, Oh my God, it's a Stradivarius. This, is, this guy has no idea what he's actually holding. This could be. Oh my, like this could be this could make my store. So he walks back out the front and goes, mm, it's a little bit old. Give you about fifty bucks. And the homeless guy goes, Ah, oh, that's a shame. I was hoping for one point five million. Well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What's the first Beatles reference we get in the episode? The very first Beatles reference that we get. Acknowledgement of the Beatles' existence. Hang on, so not like a parody, but an actual direct reference to the Beatles. Yep. Is it the George Harrison Brownies bit? No, it's Marge's painting of Ringo behind her oh, in the stall. Yep, yep. Okay, good job. Uh, is that all the questions you have? No, I have. Cool, um, go again. Yep. When was Barbershop last popular? 19th century something. Don't you tell Bart to stop being a 19th century something? Uh, stop talking like a grizzled prospector, I think. Yeah, something says. like that, yeah. Um, 1906. 1906, okay. Barbershop ain't been popular since Ot 6. Ot 6, okay. What three dot points are on Nigel, the manager's card? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Sorry, I was busy writing. Yeah, stars discovered, fortunes made, and hats blocked. I don't get the hats blocked reference. Hats blocked. Hats blocked, it said. Hmm. There must be a gag there, because it's too random. For well, ha- yeah. That's but it's lost on me. Or they've just gone, get two words. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been knees heated. Possibly. Mm. I've got one more. Uh, okay. How much does the Statue of Liberty weigh, according to the episode? Is it 100 tons? Uh, more than 200 more tons. More than 200 tons. Okay. This enormous woman will kill us all. Devour us all. Uh, devour. <laughs> yeah. How far to the gas station after the tyre explodes? Uh, 43 miles. 12 miles. Okay. That's not too far, but it's just hilarious that I Marge think I keep to guessing go. 43. <laughs> yeah. Last time you asked me how far away Mexico was. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what date did the Beatles first land in the US? In reality? Yes, in reality. 61? No. Nearly. 62? 64. Oh. February 7th, 64. Uh, what annual Grammys was it that they won their award? Ah, oh, Jesus. How long have the Grammys been going for? 40, 43? It was the 29th, <laughs> which was in 1987. Okay. Who was on the cover of Us magazine when they found it? Alf. Alf. Yeah, Alf, yes. That correct. What does graf- the graffiti say on the top of Moe's before they sing their songs as they're making their way up onto the roof? Oh, yeah. and the, um, hmm. It's quite funny. Is it Mo related? No. Okay. It's someone who appeared at... We've seen at Mo's once, I think, in Flaming Mo's. I actually... Yeah, Flaming Mo's, yeah. Uh, she appeared. Krabappel? Yes, Krabappel. It says, for a good time, call Edna Krabappel, 555-6921. Okay. And uh, Alberto, it says as well. Um, what does the newspaper really say at the end? What's the headline? Oh, was it something about a storm striking the East Coast? Uh, snowstorm sh- hits the Midwest. Yeah. Midwest. Similar oh, thing. Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. I had... The, that was like I... I had the screen really small when I was watching it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, hmm, yeah. storm strikes something. I've lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, who was at the after party besides George Harrison of the Grammys? Which other people who have appeared on the show before? Who have appeared on the show before? Leonard Nimoy? 
Nope. Yeah. All music related. Crosby? No. He he appeared at the... Yeah, but he was... Chili Peppers? Him. No. No, they wouldn't have been around in the 80s. Oh, they would have, yeah. Early 80s? That was 87. Okay. Uh, no, no idea. It's Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Kampowski. That's Michael Jackson. Okay. Obviously. And Spinal Tap were there. Okay. So, that's my trivia for this week. Not all Beatles related, but I was just... I had spare time today, so yep. I thought I'd... Yep, good job. <laughs> what was your favourite moment from the episode? Uh... My favourite moment from the episode is Marge crying on the bed when Homer's trying to explain to her <laughs> that he has to keep the marriage secret. I'm sure when you, if I explain it like that, she'll understand. And just, just heaving tears. My favourite moment, funnily enough, is also Marge-related. It's when the tire explodes and you see Marge walking off and Homer's like, well, your mum's going to be a while. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> and then it cuts back and she's putting the tire on and he's just sitting there not helping. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> that is... One of the things that I thought the episode did well, Dando. Okay, I was about to ask you, what did you think the episode did well? Uh, I enjoy. Okay, a li- this is a little moment, not part of the bigger picture, but this um, kind of stab at the commercialization of religion. When of religion, when the B sharps are performing in the church and they're passing around the donation plate, and because everyone's in a happy mood listening to music, it's almost like almost like busking. Uh, and he's happy. People that are paying a lot more money. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And then when Ned is like, "This isn't exactly religion related," he shuts him up and gets him out the door. That plays into the overall kind of um, running thread through this episode of how fame and pop stardom can cause you to sell out on your morals. So we have Homer. Well, a, a, a poo does it as well. A poo, a poo definitely. But out lies. Dropping the fact that, like, just, yeah, neglecting to tell anyone or, or lying I about. I swear on the very arms of Vishnu. Yeah, that I am not Indian. Yeah. Um, changing his name. Changing his name yeah. would be a slap in the face of honour. But did, I'll did, do did, it. So you, and Homer and, and all of the group dropping Wiggum like that as soon as they're promised something. No one goes to bat for their friend. That's obviously meant to be a takeoff of when Pete Best was yeah. kicked out of the Beatles. But yeah, I, I also thought it sort of was a good contrast of. Because Homer says at one point, I'm not going to let this impact on my family life and how I am as a father. But and it very being, much does. But, but fame just sucks you in and you, you can't help but change your life. And mm. there's that one moment where he's looking at the Hollywood sign out the window when he's after the Grammys. Yeah. And then next to it is the billboard that says family bourbon or something. It's yep. a joke there, but it's family compared to Hollywood. You know, yeah. And he's, just, he's torn in the middle. Yeah. So I thought that was a theme they did really well as well. Yes. And... Also, it was just, it was just a fantastic tribute to the Beatles. I was going to say that. The... the visual as well as story references to the Beatles and the reveal of Barney I thought was yes. perfect yep. um, having him sing an Irish ditty because we, kn- we know it now but when you first watch it there's it's no way you would have known it was Barney it's just a vo- well, apart from the fact that it's at Moe's that's a bit of a clue yeah um, but yeah so they're the things that I thought this episode did well in particular where I thought it could have been better mm-hmm. for me I'd remember this episode as being funnier than it actually was yeah it's I, funny. I think it's funnier for Beatles fans Probably. Because they get the references. I f- yeah, and I'm, I'll admit I'm not the world's biggest Beatles fan. I acknowledge yeah. their place in music history, but that's just not quite for me. Hmm. The episode just didn't have as many laugh out loud moments as I remembered, um, or as I expected. I'll put it that way. I, I, I thought it was going to be funnier. I actually feel like the funniest parts weren't in the main story. Some of the funniest parts they had were their little side moments, um, as you mentioned, Marge going off and then replacing the tyre and all that sort of stuff. I know that they make fun of this themselves, but I feel like it's having your cake and eating it too. It's really hard to buy the fact that they were as big as the Beatles only eight years ago and no reference has ever been made to it. So, 
like I, I don't mind Homer going off and doing wacky things, but when it's a really wacky thing that is suddenly retconned into being part of his history, then you're kind of like, well, hang on a second. It's a little bit Armin Tanzarian. Like, is this just- the first time they've really sort of done that, where it's a flashback that... Yeah, the first time I can... like Other yeah. stuff that he's done has been small-scale stuff in the past. Like, you know, might have done some silly things and he's worked different jobs or whatever, but but nothing like this. Not appearing on the cover of Us Weekly or, like, appearing in Us Weekly. Surely there would still be at least one person in Springfield that's a fan that might occasionally ask him for an autograph. Yeah. When it's the Kansas City, you know, or going off to Kansas City and being the mascot, because all that's happening in real time, then it doesn't... Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like they're screwing with history by never referencing it again. And it's sort of lazy writing at the end, I guess, where they just sort of had Barton Lisa ask the questions. He's like, that's for another day. Well, no, I don't think that's right. Ra- that's not so much lazy writing. That mm-hmm. is them calling them out. It's them taking, going... Taking the joke on themselves. Yeah, it's like, this is the flaw in what we've done. Yep. And it's highlighting it. Is, but but, but is that, that lazy? Doesn't, is that, that doesn't exclude... No, it's not lazy. It's them trying to have a joke okay, about yeah, the fact yeah. that they've taken they've this got this bit, massive yeah. plot hole. But it doesn't excuse the fact that there's a massive there plot one, hole. Yeah. There's also big issues with the timeline as well. Mm. Because he makes reference to how they had to write a song when he's trying to write Baby on board and he mentions Al Capone's um, Vault. Vault. Now that special, trying to write a very 80s song. That special aired in 86, right? Okay. Yep. In, I think it was, I've got the dates here. It's like April 86 or something. Uh, but they were, they were at the uh, 29th Grammy Awards, which was in February of 1987, right? Mm. How can they have... Because Homer says we were famous for five and a half weeks, right? Yep. So, that means that's over their winter. But then Skinner comes back and says, what'd you do over summer, Willie? Hmm. Mind blown? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I did like the image of Skinner wearing sunglasses. That was just a sort of... A, I've, I've, I've been on holiday. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. But I just thought, how can... It have, why was he not there for summer when they were famous for five and a half weeks? They're at the 1987 Grammys, which was in February of 87, clearly over winter. Mm. If it was five and a half weeks, then it wasn't even over Christmas time. Yeah. It was only in 87. Yeah. I, I can't answer that. <laughs> Good picking of holes. Facts are meaningless. You can use facts to prove anything that's even remotely true. Facts, Max. So, obviously, this was originally meant to be in uh, Season 4, this episode. Okay. It was a carryover. Fox originally wanted the Conan O'Brien episode, Homer Goes to College, to be the first episode, but the staff to felt... Tie- yes. I'm not, I'm not particularly sure why. What were you going to say? Uh, I was. Gonna, I read some fact about that and the popularity of Animal House. I think they just thought it oh, was no, going to be National a- Lampoon's. Is that Animal House? No, that's not, that's not Animal House. National Lampoon's Vacation or something. That's no. what it said. Animal House came under the National Lampoon's franchise. I'm pretty sure. I thought, okay, it said National Lampoon something on yeah. Wikipedia. Anyway, but yeah, that reason you're right. But the, just, yeah, they just thought that that would be more popular. Yeah, yeah Animal uh, House being a very popular, particularly in America, very uh, popular yeah. comedy. And the staff felt, because George Harrison was one of the Beatles, that that's going to generate more publicity. People are going to want to talk about it more often. Mm. So, they went with that one instead. Um, the censors originally didn't want the boobs joke to make the episode. The Malibu Stacey doll. Yeah, they just completely ignored that and just put it in there anyway. As you said, Dapper Dance. Which is actually, you've just started watching Arrested Development this yep. very day. And that's something that happens a lot. I heard an interview with Will Arnett um, saying that he would get because that aired on Fox, Mitch Hurwitz would on get Fox it really, yeah, and okay. that that's why it got shit canned because they didn't know how to market it. Um, I'm, I'm watching it too, by the way. They bleep out swear words. Is that in the show? Yeah, the shows it's on the DVD was all bleeped, bleeped out. out. Okay, yeah, I didn't know whether it was because just a- again because it was on network TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, except in the pilot, in the pilot they got away with it. But yeah, so Mitch would uh, often get memos and that sort of things like Mitch, you can't do that. He'd be like, you're absolutely right. We shouldn't do it. And then do it anyway. Like, <laughs> he would just agree with them. They wouldn't check. Yeah. 
Uh, as you said, Dapper Dance from Disneyland sang the songs. Mm-hmm. They, they were getting an actor's voice in there as well. So they, they sort of sang the backing vocals. Yeah. It made it sound, sounded really good, didn't it? I sort of forgot how great the song sounded. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry. I just remembered one other thing that this is not so much a problem just with this episode, but with music biopics in general. I get overhearing the same song three times. Like Coney Island Babe gets sung a lot and uh, like it makes you think, that, you know, there's a lot of music in there, but there's a lot of repeated music in there. It's only really two songs they sing, isn't it? Uh, Coney Island, Coney Island Baby, Baby, on board. Baby on Board and whatever it is that they're doing in the prison. I think that was something that's different. Coney, uh, that's Coney Island. Is it Coney Island? There, there's some other song that they sing at some point. Anyway, the point is it's mostly repeated stuff. Uh, apparently, George Harrison was very polite and kind to the staff and mm-hmm. he was very welcome to guests, but he was also quite glum and a bit sort of under the weather, like a bit sad. Not sad, but just not very enthusiastic. And I was sort of a bit disappointed with that, but apparently everyone was asking him Beatles questions and he was like, I don't want to fucking talk about the Beatles. And then Matt Groening asked him about the Wonderwall music album, which was his first, his debut solo album that he released in the late 60s and he just chirped up completely. So it was like, finally, someone's asked me questions that I haven't been asked before. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, George Harrison yep. wasn't over-enthusiastic to talk about the Beatles, but I guess he said, you'd no, be no, sick no, of I'm it. sorry, I was, I was talking about the Gallagher brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that's where they got Wonderwall from. So the original air date... <laughs> got fucking everything else from them, so... Oh, I know, right. The original air date was September 30th, 1993. Shortboard gag, I will never win an Emmy. I really like the couch gag for this episode. We got three yeah. in one. So it was originally a run-in, glass break, take two, into a blob. Yep. And the third one was the... Explosion. Explode, yep. Uh, it kicks off with the Springfield swap meet. When's the last time you went to a swap meet? Never. Really? Not even like the local... Do, you think, do I strike you as the sort of person that wants to hang out with people at swap meets? But have you ever been... I'm to- far too snobbish. I used to go get my DVDs from there, like black DVDs when I used to make DVDs and stuff. I buy them from stores. <laughs> from so respectable much, people who so, are employed. So much cheaper. <laughs> it's a blank DVD. It costs like 10 cents the, anywhere. It, it was eBay before eBay existed. <laughs> yeah. Which means there's so no... You're, so basically you're Quimby in this situation. There's no returns and it's a dodgy practice and everyone smells a little bit. And no one bathes often enough. And all of the food is from some... From, fly-by-night food caravan that's going to fuck off as soon as you've eaten something that's poisonous. That's what's like going to the football. It's the same thing. At the football, there are stalls inside the ground. <laughs> Where are you getting food from? You're just having sandwiches Where passed to you get your hot strangers. jam donuts from at the football? I don't. Really? Or unless they're inside the ground, but I certainly don't set up not not the outside donuts. That's the whole fun of it, though. I, uh, I once possibly... It's the risk of getting poisoned by a jam donut. Ah, uh, Yeah. Or there's the guarantee of getting delicious jam donuts inside the ground. They're better. And being able to actually complain to someone. Did you ever get food bad. from the Asian bakery in town here in oh, Geelong? Uh, I, I, I do that on a regular basis. Their bun me is still at $5. It's you can't beat that value. <laughs> How good is it? They got, they got pies there, right? They were green. Oh, don't eat those. But they were a dollar. Yeah, so it didn't no, matter. No. <laughs> The bun, the bun me is all I will touch because so it's coriander. You can't have bad coriander. Basically, as I was saying before, so you're Quimby in this situation when it yeah. comes to swap meets. What yes. does he refer to them? The only thing you can't buy is dignity or something he says yeah. like that. Yep. He's, he's very... Uh, how would you define Quimby at this point in the show? Uneven. Is he the sleaze bag yet? Um, oh, there are references to him, I think, being... He, he, cheating on they his always wife have. They always have him as feeling like he's better than everybody. Mm. He's always making sly comments like, "I hate these people." Well, he's the mayor. He is the mayor, of course. Yeah. Uh, then we get him saying, "Ich bin ein Springfield swap meet patron." Yes, which is obviously a reference to JFK. Ich bin ein Berliner. Um, 
He speaks in West Berlin. Yeah, I mean, look, that's just a really crowbar JFK reference. Obviously, no highlighting the fact that he's got a very crowbar JFK voice. That's he does, doesn't really he? the only, only kind of connection with that joke. And everyone thinks that he got that wrong. He didn't say I'm a donut. There's just this rumor going around that yeah, he said I'm a donut when he said I'm a Berliner. No, he didn't. He no. said it perfectly fine. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, but they do have that. Like he says that, and then the crowd just cheers because like. Because I guess in a way that's also a play on JFK's popularity that anyone dropping Ikbi nine and they're just like people love it straight away because it's like hey this man knows he's JFK. It's what's well, like for wrestling fans. Mick Foley always comes out and he always says I love it right here in wherever they are this week and it's yep. just the cheap pop anyway. So Mo they go to all the different people from Springfield selling their shit and the first one is Mo selling Lucille Ball oysters. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre. I don't know where this was going, but I guess it's funny. I don't, I don't know. It did just, it just look, seemed did odd. Have Mo? Like, did she look like much of an oyster? No, but okay. she, but the oyster had her. Tr- I know the oyster was dressed up like yeah, her, but it, but it yeah. seemed odd to have Mo. Maybe that's the gag. The fact that Mo was doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this next part though was great. Flanders giving out free religious trading cards. Yeah. If there's any way to get kids into religion, it's with trading cards. Because back in the early nineties, everyone collected cards. Did you ever collect cards? No. At all, really. Not even Pokemon cards, anything no, like that? No. Why? Because from a very early age, I was very uh, independent, I suppose, and I didn't trust things that a lot of people were jumping onto. So, like, I, I just... I've, I've always been wary of what I might deem to be a fad. Fair enough. Even when I was nine, I was like, Pokemon, Pokemon trading cards won't be around forever. Still or I'd go <laughs> off and find some more obscure trading card. <laughs> that I thought, like, you know, I wouldn't collect them, but I'd be off in the library talking about, like, uh, all those Pokemon, those Pokemon fools out there. <laughs> 90s hipster when you were eight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Apart from, like, I wouldn't call you a hipster now, though. No, I've never fully been a hipster, but there are some traits of hipsterism that I do. I feel like you, you take great pride in liking things that no one else likes. Yeah. And knowing about it. And as soon as everyone else likes it, you're like, no, nah, I don't like it anymore. Oh, basketball was like that for me. Yeah? Yeah. My, it, I thought that was very popular from the get-go. It's not right? the, no, it, it wasn't. Really? Yeah, that came out... Of the I, I really enjoyed because I liked South Park. And yeah. yeah. Basketball came, came out at the... 98, on, I think it was. Uh, it was a new release in 99, the 99 to 2000 New Year's Eve party. I remember hiring it as either an overnight or a three-day new release. By the time it's been at the cinemas and yeah. six-month cycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah, particularly in Australia, by the time you got on a bit. So I watched that with a friend and I tried to tell everyone about it. I was like, this is the funniest fucking movie and I've no ever one seen. Knew. No one knew. And but then, it's great. I know it's great. And then in year eight or year nine, so two to three years later, suddenly the fuckhead at school that was nowhere near as intelligent as I watched it and other people listened to him because he was louder. And then everyone's like, oh my God, basketball. Oh, this is just such a fan. Have you heard of this movie, Mitch? And I've just... <laughs> is that how he spoke? Such a fan. Fucking hated everyone for liking it later. <laughs> and, and and then trying to pass it off as if it was their own new information. I used to be like that with music. I used to be a real music snob. I used to love Kings of Leon. I remember I went to the big day out in 2006. Yeah, well, they used to be good. Just to, <laughs> so- just to see Kings of Leon. I fucking loved them. 2006, I remember listening at school, so obviously 2006. And then Sex on Fire came out, and everyone liked yep. Kings. And I've like, oh, heard that like everyone thought it was their first song. Yeah, but they got three other fucking albums before this. Ah, oh, anyway. Yeah, I know exactly so, how you felt. Yeah, that's what I. And 
not in one of those I was into basketball before it was cool kind of like pretentious ways, but just in a more of a no, you fucking assholes. I tried to give you this bit of goodness a while ago. You weren't ready for it. Don't try to come back now and claim it as your own. Yeah, I'm exactly how you feel. It's very annoying. Uh, Lisa, oh, we'll get to the trading cards. So Flanders is giving up privileges, trading cards. Mm. But Milhouse is it Nelson? Nelson I almost gets again, sucked in again together. Yeah, you're right. Mm. But obviously, this was a season four carryover, so maybe yeah, they'll make true. them all at the same time. Yep. But yeah, uh, it's just a very clever way. But then Flanders. Well, I love how overt it is. Yeah, a Methuselah or rookie, like you know, <laughs> rookie card could not be just because you throw a rookie card. Is the opposite it, of rookie. They feel like it's something important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Flanders lets cut out of the bag. <laughs> well, boys, who'd have thought learning about religion could be fun? Religion? Learning? Let's get out of here! Hey! Then we get Lisa finding the 1958 Malibu Stacy that yep, has giant with boobs. Like Madonna-style pointy cups. I guess this is sort of like an emphasized how sexism was in the 50s. How it was or, just, okay. or just how bras were drawn back then, but in a... Really? In a... It, yeah, well, but women had pointy bras for a while, but like in, in a, the 50s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never really did. You type 50s boob. I will do that. 50s, <laughs> 50s breasts. No, I'm going to Google 50s bra. Is that what yep. you want to do? Yeah. 50s bra. 50s bra. We'll see what comes up. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Vintage bras. You're right. They are pointy. Yeah. I know. You know, you know your bras. I know my shit. <laughs> um, but you know. But you a, didn't know Brother from the Same Planet was season four. It's just a comedy parody of that. <laughs> but uh, no boobs in Brother from the Same Planet that <laughs> exactly, I remember. Yeah. Um, yes. Then. <laughs> it was like you froze in time. Yeah. <laughs> Moving and then at the next table we get a Skinner, if I'm not mistaken, finding his old prisoner helmet from when he was in a um, POW camp yes, with the VC. Yes. Now the number on there, obviously reference to uh, Les oh, um, Les Mis with prison, uh, Jean Valjean's yes. prisoner number, and it's also uh, I Sasha- am prisoner two five six oh one. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. It's also Sideshow Bob's prisoner number. Yep. Then we get Homer finding the five cents box, which I I love this. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, Mrs. Ri- Glick. Oh, is it Mrs. Glick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I was distracted by the items. Ninety dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are the things he finds? So, the Declaration of Independence. Yep. The um, misprinted stamps. So, this was like a the planes were upside down. It's a real thing. Inverted Jenny stamps from nineteen eighteen. Yeah, very, very hard to find. Very rare. Like an individual one, I think, sold for nine hundred and seventy thousand. I think or something. a sheet sold for like one point seven million or something. Yeah, yeah a lot yep. of money. Yeah. The original actions com- action comics with Superman. That's where Superman was born. It's, it's the most expensive comic book of all time. Of all time, would Nicolas Cage pay for that? Some crazy amount. I didn't of, know he bought one. Several yeah. million. And the Stradivarius violin, as yes. mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it cuts to Marge. I felt so sorry for Marge later on when she she's trying to sell these wishbone necklaces and this guy's just not buying it at all. Yeah. She's also trying to sell all of her paintings, including the one above the, the couch, the sailboat. Oh, the sailboat. Mm. I love the one of Homer sitting there asleep with a beer can in his hands. I would have that as a painting on my so wall. That's a really nice piece of it art. It really, really is. And it, I'm surprised they haven't actually Fabulous. released Fabulous. <laughs> Another triumph. <laughs> uh, obviously, she can't sell any of the wishbone necklaces, but and Lisa then going through LPs at Comic Book Guys store. Yep. And we have the joke about Alvin Chipmunks. It's what is it? Uh, just some horrific song. The, the dude, dude in the squirrels. Something in the squirrels is yeah. just referenced. It. Yeah. Alvin. Yeah. And then they find Meet the B Sharps, which is obviously the same cover as with Meet the Beatles slash or Meet the Beatles, depending yep. which country you're from. Same cover. Was this it called With the Beatles in some? In, oh, it's only called With the Beatles in America or Meet the Beatles. Let me just Google that. It's America has one name and the rest of the world something else. It's very strange that you would call something With the Beatles. Who is With the Beatles? What are we doing you with are the Beatles? You are listening to them. You're listening to With them. Well, 
why not say listening to the Beatles? Meet the Beatles is what it's called in the States and with the Beatles, the rest of the world. Well, the rest of the world has that wrong. <laughs> why? This was their second album. Well, We've already met them. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> with none, the Beatles. None of it. The Beatles, the whole lot. The whole damn system is wrong. It's That's not a it. sentence. That's, that is not a proper sentence. With the Beatles. With the Beatles. Unless it's like, where are you? I'm... <laughs> With the Beatles. Oh, so this is the first album by England's phenomenal pop group. Maybe it's the first one that came out. No, the second Beatles album released in the States. But this cover here says, Meet the Beatles, the first album by England's phenomenal Well, that's a misprint. Group. That should have been like, Sing Along with the Beatles. It's like the inverted Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth they've, more. they've got this wrong this whole time. That No wonder they had the white album after that. Because they went, well, our sign printers can't get the fucking thing right. So we'll just take the words <laughs> off it. Holy shit, we're up to this. Obviously, this is the first time where it really kicks into gear for the Beatles. This episode's going to be about the Beatles. And that was no Beatle in particular that I was doing, by the way. That was just... That was Pete Best. It was very Ringo. It it was a little bit Ringo. (laughs) Fat conductor. I just kind of went generic. (laughs) Very Liverpoolian. You got to sound like you had a cold? Liverpudlian. Liverpudlian, sorry. You got to sound like, yeah, you got the flu or something. Your Mm. nose is blocked. So, anyway. So, they're going through the LPs. They find the B-Sharps. And then this is where Homer reveals that eight years ago, Mm. uh, he was part of the B-Sharps. And they were... Like Beatles, though, a big band. Bart can't remember. I did not like this guy at all. That He can't remember what happened. Uh, yeah, like, thanks to TV, I can't remember what happened eight minutes ago. Yeah. That kind of went on a little bit. And then they laughed and they go, why are we laughing? Who cares? Eh, yeah. Just, I, whatever. Homer then says, to kick it off, it was happier times back then. Uh, uh, we get another Joe, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. Every yeah. time there's a flashback episode, it's a reference to Joe Piscopo. Are they taking the piss? I presume so. Because he, he, I looked it up. He did not have a career. He, well, he, yeah. went, he went to take on Hollywood and he did not yeah, take it off. Left he took it on and he lost. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the People Express um, got, hit, I think it says Hicks or something, onto the, onto introducing to air travel. Basically, what they were, People Express, it became Continental Airlines, got bought out. But between 81 and 87, they were a low-budget airline. Oh, okay. So, that's the gag that it got yep. poor people yep. interested in planes. air travel. Okay. Then, so, obviously, that's when we cut to Springfield in 1985. Now, did you notice that uh, Moe's wasn't called Moe's? Moe's Cavern. Moe's Cavern, obviously. The Cavern Club. Mm. First, another Beatles reference there. Homer says that every afternoon they would sing barbershop songs at Moe's. Yep. To just playing to Barney. <laughs> it was a funny reveal, though. That Nickers and Rose is getting thrown on the stage, and yep. it's just Barney. Yeah. Barney loves his gigs at the uh, at Moe's, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Loves well, Chili What really. else is he doing, though? Uh, well, they had 30,000 there last night, didn't they? It was last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, we get the, the, the barbershop. Sorry, barbershop. The uh, prospect a bit. Yeah, I did. Do you want to explain this? I didn't really get the gag. Like it's another. Uh, it's just a pointless gag. It didn't didn't lead to anything. Didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Just excuse to get Bart to do a funny voice. I guess so. Yeah. Homer then says that they uh they had to fill the void between rock and roll and achy break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Something had to fill that void. It was the death of music those times. And it was barbershop. Didn't use your illusion come out between those two things? Usual illusion came out. No, that came out in 1992. Um, Appetite for Destruction came out in 87. Okay. okay. Well, I would have thought Appetite for Destruction probably would have filled that void. in. <laughs> Pixies even. Uh, so, obviously, we get the band, the bar- we're not called the B-Sharps yet, but we'll just refer to them as the B-Sharps. So yep. They're singing at the retirement home, and Grandpa is proud at first. I love his fleeting pride. Yes. Yeah. That's my son up there. What, the balding fat ass? Uh, no, the Hindu guy. Then they go to them singing at the prison. Mm. Johnny like, Cash style. Yeah, exactly. And I really like this moment because I like when they show the softer side of Snake. Yeah. 
like he, he he's still evil because he eventually throws that rock, which yeah. is a great visual and sound. Yeah, just, it's just hilarious because he had just said it, but you almost forget that he's going to do it. Yeah, and then it comes. But then anyway, it happens anyway. I just love because they, they do it a few times. They do it also in Lisa on Ice. Yeah, I wish yeah. I had Pee Wee Hockey when I was when a boy. I was a boy. Yeah, just so he, he has got a softer side. Anyway, then it cuts to them singing at church, and I'll let you elaborate this because you were discussing. This well, before. as I mentioned, well, I've already elaborated. Basically, just re- reiterate. As they're singing in church, everyone's just in a nice jolly rockin' mood, passing the collection plate. And I didn't even pick up on this. More money it. than yeah. Lovejoy would have ever seen in that plate before. And, and he actually says, "Ching ching." Yeah, and what's um. Flanders is like this isn't exactly a hymn. It's like there's a puddle outside, an oil that, stain, an yeah. oil stain outside that looks like a saint of some Saint kind. Barnabas or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight out the door. I found. I um, I don't know. I'm sure I would still have this photo on a laptop somewhere. I have a photo of a footprint. Um, like it was a rainy day, and someone had obviously, you know, they've gone from a puddle to the pavement, or maybe the pavement was just wet and it was gradually drying. But I have a puddle stain that looks exactly like Jesus Christ's face. Really? Yes. And like, I'm, you know, I'm not religious. So I'm not one of those, like, oh my Lord, Jesus came down. <laughs> but it, it, I looked at that and I was like, holy shit, I could fucking dupe some people with this, surely. So I took a photo and I'm waiting for the day that I get to take advantage of somebody. To wait for BuzzFeed to find it. Yeah. It's when, it reminds me of that time. Remember when someone... Like they found us. When someone... Exactly, yeah. Someone sold um, a uh, Nutri-Grain that looked like E.T. Yeah. on eBay. And they got yeah. thousands oh. of dollars for it. The Harambi Chizo. What? Have you seen this? For the the gorilla? Yeah. I, my mate sent me uh, Nacho. Leader um, Beans. <laughs> sent, me, <laughs> sent me a link to... You can uh, look it up on Fallon. Um, Jimmy Fallon was talking about this, like that someone was selling a Chizo that looked like Harambi. It's Kimmel. Sorry, Jimmy Kimmel. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for pointing me. For, thanks for picking that up. So, it, like, it sold for like $99,000 or something like that. And Kimmel's bit was like, we've actually found the guy. We tracked him down. He's a lawyer here in Los Angeles. And we went down to talk to him. So, it cuts to, like, you know, Jimmy going into the office. is like, hi, I'm here to talk to whatever the guy's name is. And then um, he's like, this is it. Like, this is the thing you paid $99,000 for. And the guy's like, yeah, here it is. I'm really proud of it. And just as he goes to start talking about it, Kimmel just Punches him in the face, eats Legit the cheese. Punches. Well, it's oh, set up. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, punches him in the face, eats the cheese, and then walks out. <laughs> Which is brilliant because that's exactly what you'd want to do to someone that threw away that much money. How much did you say you pay for it? Ninety nine thousand something or other. That was a legit screenshot from eBay. Incredible. If only we had that much money to spend on just nothing. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably try to cure things first. Like loneliness. What would be the first thing you would try and cure if you had the chance to? Loneliness. That that that, <laughs> that was a legitimate answer. <laughs> I would try to fill the empty void in my life. Because <laughs> you know, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Yeah, that's very. Do you true. like cheeseburgers? I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> Where are we? So, getting back to the episode, and they're singing at the church, as we said. Did you notice the sign at the front of the church? No, they're being no. tampered with. It obviously originally said, what a friend we have in God. Mm. Changed to, what a fiend we have in God. Ah, <laughs> how subversive. Uh, great transition there too, of them singing at the church. And it cuts to them, and then it pans out, and they're singing at Moe's. Yeah. So it was a good way of transitioning to them getting at Moe's again. This is where Nigel discovers them, mm-hmm. and he tells Homer that he wants to be their manager. Hands him the card, and but he says, except the Wiggum, because he's two village people. Yeah. And this is obviously the take on when Ringo became one of the Beatles. Pete Best got kicked out. I, as stupid as it is, I love the way he gets rid of Wiggum. Yeah. Where are we going? Where are we going? Run along, boy. You're free now. No! 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 And then Nigel meets the band, 
and he tells Apu to shorten his name, which, as you said, was obviously... Part of the selling out of your morals. Yes, exactly. Cause, but do you think it was because his name was too long or the fact that he was no, Indian? because he was Indian. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. he, he tells Apu it's because his name is too long, it doesn't fit on yeah. a billboard or whatever. But this is also, they made Ringo star change. Otherwise, it could have been a Poo Singh or something like that. Do you know what Ringo's real name is? Uh, Hector. Richard Starkey. Richard Starkey? They made him change it to Ringo Starr, yeah. They should have. Have you ever, like my favourite, one of my favourite Beatles quotes, as much as I'm not big on their music, I am big on the way they treated... You don't like the Beatles. Not that you dislike them, but you just don't really like them. Just not big on them. Okay. Yeah. Like, I I just take it or leave it. It's a little Mm. too soft, mostly for me. Some songs I, you know, I love "Hard Day's Night" and that sort of stuff. Like there, there are things that they have done that I really enjoy. But as a on the whole, um, but the one of those quotes with um, reporter, like, do you think is Ringo the best drummer in the world? It's like he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles, <laughs> <laughs> and he knew it. Yeah. <laughs> but how good was his gig though? He got to be one of the fucking Beatles. Oh yeah. Like, I, th- I thought you meant like his gig. Then no, 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 like just a gig like that he put having on. that job, he just had yeah. to sit there and play the same repetitive anyway. Continue. Yeah. So, uh, as you were explaining as well, how quickly Apu he's annoyed by the fact that he has to shorten his name, but he's okay, okay, whatever, just yeah. straight away, just sells out. And then it cuts to obviously the auditions for Wiggum's replacement. Mm. This reminded me of early Idol episodes. Yes, it reminded me of a Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was bad auditions in that. Yeah, pretty sure. Anyway, but yeah, see. Those talent shows, I'll watch them only for those episodes. Yeah, I don't like it when they're good. No, no. no because no. they're never quite good enough for me to actually want to listen to them and go, God, these guys are great. But the really horrific ones, they're the most... Particularly on So You Think You Can Dance. I've never watched that one. Ah, uh, it's even better so, than that. So, is that the same as singing, but they just try and dance badly? Yeah, exactly. Well, they don't try to dance badly, but they try to dance and they dance and badly. And are bad at it. Yeah. I can't envision... Ooh. Yeah, that would be really awkward. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. But nothing's, nothing's better, though, than people who go to Simon Cow and think they're going to nail it. Mm. And then they sing and they think they've nailed it. Yeah. And then Simon Cow just shuts them down. He's a genius, but he's also an absolute prick. He's, he's not a genius. You don't reckon? No, he's a c- Oh, hang on, sorry. <laughs> Say that on this. No, he's a cock. But he, he's made a lot of money. Yeah. Donald Trump's made a lot of money. It doesn't mean he's a genius. A lot of people have you made know, a lot of money. He's a very good businessman. It's an edited show. You don't think that he would have had someone writing shit down for him or like he probably throws out five insults. Simon Cow created the Backstreet Boys. How much money would have generated from them? He created One Direction. Okay, in in that regard. That's what I mean. Okay. In, I not, you, not for the show. I thought you meant the insults were genius. No, 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 no. Just Gordon, what he's done Gordon in his Ramsey career, shit. businessman-wise. Okay. Yeah. okay, yes. As yeah. a businessman, musically... I don't agree with those what he's whole done. shows are all set up, and you watch them all from different countries. He's an evil genius. I, I love it when you watch the like the X Factor and all those kind of ones, and you watch it from like Hungary or whatever. And mm. They always have that one host who's like off to the side with the family, and they always cut to him, and it's the, yeah. they do the exact same shtick. I hate that guy. Yes, I, I I really really despise the way those sorts of reality shows keep cutting to a guy on the no side of the stage trying to tell me how to feel. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, but it's just funny that they all follow the same formula, but mm. we, but people still watch it. So tell us about the uh, the auditions. Who auditions for the for the role of Wiggum? First of all, it's Grandpa. First of all, Grandpa doing. Oh, I like he's very, it, it gives it a good go. He's very dapper. Yeah, dressed up it, real it, nice. He, he feels he's feeling it, isn't he? Yeah, we, um, he's very he, you. He did, what, what, what people are going to hear later on in the episode. Yeah, well, <laughs> different style, but very much gets into the style yes. of what he's doing. He's feeling the song. Uh, what's he do? Old McDonald. Yes. Old McDonald had a farm. 
Swinging is from I know. <laughs> and Homer's, get off the stage. I would, but I can't. <laughs> then it's Willie singing, yeah. singing Doon Toon. That's right. <laughs> the Petula Clark song. <laughs> Poor old Willie. Down Toon. He's trying, but he can't. Obviously, after this, he then goes and invests some money in software, makes millions. Yeah. And, and loses then the loses track. it all at the track. And the final one that we see before we go on. Dr. Doolittle. Is. Oh, no, it's Jasper. Oh, sorry, Jasper first. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. What was he? Jasper singing, like, the theme uh, to something. Summer Days or something. Yeah. It's but, like, the theme. Yeah. But it's... Well, I, f- I don't know what the theme to Summer Days is, it, but I presume it's not that. I think <laughs> the joke is that he d- didn't know the lyrics, so he just kept singing It's the Theme to Summer Days in the tune of whatever... The, in the style of whatever the lyrics would have been. I, maybe. I didn't actually pick up on that. He actually does say the same thing over and over again, doesn't yeah. he? Shit. Possibly. And then we get Dr. Doolittle. Hmm. Which they don't even realise it's Wiggum. Yeah. He's just wearing a moustache. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> always God. a funny joke. Dr. Doolittle is Chief, Chief Wiggum. Wiggum. <laughs> I love the fact, too, that when he runs out, he doesn't just jump out the window. He jumps on the piano first and creates a bong sound yeah. as he's jumping out the window. Yeah, it's really well done. Then everyone, they're all sad at most. They feel like, well, we're not going to be able to not find gonna find anyone. Yeah. Then we get... Because if we don't have someone in Springfield, how could we possibly find anyone else in exactly. all of America? Our careers are ruined. But what happens then, Mitch? We get the beautiful singing voice in an Irish tune coming from the men's room stall. Yes. All of them just shocked. Who could it be? And a viewer, for the first time, wouldn't know who it is either. No. And then we get the, the trademark. Of it being Barney. Burp, yes. Yeah. It's, what I liked about this was it's so out of character for Barney. Yeah. It's, you, you never would picture him to have the nice voice, yeah, which it, made it so funny. It was a great play against type. And even when he was part of the B-Sharps, he still looked like a slob. Yeah. His hair was always scruffy. He still looked like a mess, but he just had a really nice voice. Mm. Then everyone starts protesting. Like Celine Dion. <laughs> She's a lovely lady. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I went to her. She's a lovely person. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> everyone starts protesting because Wiggum's got the boot. And this is apparently what people did when Pete Best got kicked out and replaced by Ringo. Really? And then what? Ringo just wowed them with a great drum solo? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just gave down and gave it a little paradiddle. <laughs> and then they were all like, we're back. <laughs> We love you left, right, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, right. Barney wins the crowd over. And I love how they had the Irish guy crying. Yeah. He's the guy from Whacking Day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, singing Sweet Adeline. There, there's one. Oh, yeah. that's the third that's one. one. Yes. Song that- yep, yep, yep. The signs change. Did you notice? My favorite one was that Barney stinks to Barney doesn't stink. <laughs> <laughs> Mo was obviously watching with Nigel. Nigel's in the back. He's mm. watching. Keeping Is this an a reference boys. to the Beatles, this joke? I the girls that you paid to scream maybe we but, didn't pay them in the bar yeah I maybe I don't know there was a reference later on but okay regarding what he says because that is a joke that you get in South Park down the track where the boys are try- the finger bang episode something you can do with your finger when they try to start a boy band by paying girls to scream and that they say something about it I don't know if they call it the Beatles index but it's like the known phenomenon that that if girls start screaming in a group, then more girls will start screaming. So all you need to do is film some girls screaming, and then suddenly you'll have a big band. So this is obviously where they all—they're walking out of Mo's, and Bunny's like, "Yeah, we, we sure did sound great tonight." Did you hear him say that? Yes, I did. Sorry, <laughs> Just yeah. Acknowledging the fact that they—they're good singers. I do that after every recording. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Is you're mumbling out the door? Yeah. Uh, they have to decide on a name, and. What does he suggest first? Homer Simpson and the handsome... Or handsome Homer Simpson. Handsome Homer Simpson plus three. <laughs> it's plus three. Is that all it is? Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> and they don't like it. So then Skinner says, we need something that's funny at first, but less funny as you go on. And they what? go with the B, the, the B sharps, which oh, it's not all that witty to begin with, I yeah, wouldn't have thought. But it's funny that they all start laughing. Yeah. 
and then they stop. Yeah. So they go with the B sharps. Is this that's one of the it's the second last mention of Wiggum, I think this one. The B sharps. The B sharps. The, the B sharps. The B sharps. Ha ha ha. Why you can't blame a guy for trying? <laughs> ah, you're out under arrest. Come back from commercial and back in real time, and the family are driving Bart home. With his pencil holder. Yes. So Homer referencing that he like that he hadn't seen a bong in years. Is this their way of saying that Homer used to be a pothead? No, just you wouldn't have been in college without having seen a bong. Yeah, that's true. It that in that era in particular, he does become a pothead later on. When does he become a pothead? He smoked pot on several occasions since this episode. Okay. Yeah, but like, I, you know, I don't think they were ever implying that he was a Seth Rogen type character. It's just that, yeah. you know, one of those things going through life. It was such a, like a, a dad saying to, far out, man. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a bung in years. Marge is depressed that she couldn't, didn't sell any wishbone necklaces. Homer, straight up. Well, one of us sold something today. Spare, Spare tire. tire. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it breaks. Cuts to my favorite moment. Just Marge carrying this spare tire. Yep. Why is she carrying the tire? Ca- I have no idea. Uh, well, I guess carrying the wheel. Well, maybe, yeah, that's maybe they maybe didn't have, exchange. Well, it. they didn't have the tools to be able to replace it. They haven't got a spare wheel to put on, so she's got to take the wheel down there to get a new tire put onto it and inflate it, and then bring it back to the car. Uh, I thought she would just go down there and just buy a new one and wheel it back. Buy a whole new wheel? What, was it? what are you nuts? Not buy the wheel, buy the tire. Yeah, how are they going to get the tire onto the uh, new of wheel? Of course, of course, Daniel, you fool! <laughs> <laughs> You're the one of us that is somewhat mechanically minded. <laughs> Anyway, it's just hilarious that yeah, I think he like vultures in the background as well. She's walking off into the desert. Yeah. Notice too, they had a very Hanna Barbera background whilst they're, whilst they're driving. Yeah, that's just true. The cactuses yeah. on either side. So Homer continues the story. They're obviously driving on Animation Boulevard. Yes, that is true. <laughs> nice throwback. Thank you. <laughs> Took me a moment, but I got there. You can edit that moment out. And <laughs> no, I'll leave make it in. Yourself sound I'll leave it in. Homer is then talking about how he had to write a song that was very mid eighties. Mid eighties mm. and. Uh, Starts off with I opened Al Capone's vault, but it wasn't Haroldo's fault, which obviously have you heard about this special? No. No um, yeah, both of those references went over my head. Okay, so basically in on April twenty first, nineteen eighty six, there was a live two hour special that aired where for weeks leading up to it, there's a TV host called Haroldo somebody, can't remember his last name. He's, he still does radio shows. He's, still, he's like a Maury Povich kind of guy. I've heard Haroldo be referenced in the past. Yeah. I think by George a lot of people, A lot of people don't like him. Yeah. They feel he's very Oh, he when he was he got in trouble in the early I think it was two thousand one two thousand three saying he was in like Iraq saying he was very close to a gunfire when he was actually like three hundred miles away ah that old gag yes yes so anyway he's one of those kind of people but for weeks they were promoting There's a really really funny um, episode of Frontline where they parody that and they've got the reporter. Um, Martin Destazio out there and because it, it, like they go to do the cross and it's getting dark he's like this is perfect he's like I'll crouch down like like he's kilometres away from where the siege is he's like I'll crouch down why so it'll appear like I'm in danger <laughs> <laughs> appear. the cameraman's like do you want a bulletproof vest as well taking the piss he's like actually yes go get me one <laughs> basically this guy and the, the network I think it was on NBC or whatever hmm. promoted that they they found Al Capone's one of his vaults underneath a, a hotel that he used to own or something. Oh, okay. And they were going to open it up on live TV, and they said we might find gold and might find bodies and all this stuff. And basically, they after <laughs> bodies a, like you put bodies in your own vault. They had they had examiners there, like people who could tell what the, whether it was a male or a female, like people who could look at decomposed bodies and stuff hmm. like that. All promoted, blah blah blah. Most watched show of all time up to that point. Opens it up after an hour, nothing inside. And they spent the next hour going through it, telling us... Robert uh, De Niro in his barber's chair. 
from uh, the Untouchables. You okay. Soccer um, basically, Geraldo's just looking around, describing what it's, the walls are like, and then at the end, he just pretty much apologizes that they didn't find anything and storms off the set. So that's what the joke is. They You'd opened think they'd have opened vault. it beforehand. Well, they exploded with dynamite. They wanted to do it live on television. That was the whole gimmick that you didn't know what was in there. Yeah, but you, they could still know. We better have a look and just make sure this doesn't fizz out and then put a fucking padlock on there and then explode that off. Yeah, the well, viewers won't know the difference. Well, he, it, it's on YouTube, the full video. It's, it's pretty Yeah, it sounds like awkward. it's worth watching. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so that's what the gag was for that. That's what he was referencing. Marge walks in with the, uh, the baby on board sign and Homer gets the idea. They, said, they were saying there's a chance that this was a reference Beatles-wise for, they say John Lennon got the idea for the benefit of Mr. Kite by looking at a poster. Okay. Anyway, so he starts writing Baby on Board. Baby on Board, something, something, Bert Ward, this thing writes itself. They then cut to them recording it in the studio. I love Skinner playing the banjo. Multi-talented yeah. man. Yeah, nice touch. Watch the science teacher, now he plays the banjo. And this is the reference of... Night from Nigel. Nigel says to them, "You've just recorded your first number one, mm-hmm. which is what apparently Brian Epstein said to the Beatles after they recorded Please Please Me after they left the studio." Then he's he's talking about how Homer is not allowed to tell anyone that he's married, to which is want Betty, which is what Epstein said to Lennon. Lennon wasn't allowed to tell anyone that he was married. Okay, so his first wife was a secret at first. I think it's Cynthia Lennon. I think her name is your favorite moment from the episode. Did, yeah, just that. Lots and lots of women are going to want to have sex with you, and we want them to think that they they can. can. (laughs) (laughs) If I explain it too much like that, yeah, Yeah, maybe that'll be okay. (laughs) Oh, honey, it'll just be until we finish our tour of Sweden. Is that is that a reference or anything? It's just that the Swedish Swedish girls are, I think, attractive, very, very much known for being attractive. Yes, like uh, you, you wouldn't. I don't think there's a stereotype. Blonde. Don't don't think there's an ugly Swede. I've never met one. Name one. Can't happen. Grandpa is then listening to it on the radio. I believe this is the footage. Swedish chef. He's not attractive. I, I was going to go Swedish chef, but I thought, uh, I don't think you even know who Swedish chef is. You don't like the Muppets, do you? It, I'm sorry. Have you just had a conversation with me that I wasn't a part of? I'm pretty you sure you've told, I've told on this podcast that I love the Muppets and you were like, yeah, they weren't really my thing. No? No. I thought you didn't like the Muppets. No. I'll make more Muppet references from Thank now you. on then. <laughs> I grew up on the Muppets. I love them. Anyway, so... As we were saying, uh, of this footage here of Grandpa listening to the song, yeah, I reckon this is what the footage. You know when Lisa plays Bleeding Gum song, yeah, and it shows they, Grandpa listening to it. And yeah, just kind of rocking. His I head reckon back that's and forth. the footage reused. Yeah. This footage here. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Jab Jasper walks in and Grandpa's proud. This is my son again. Yep. Obviously, you can't see him now. Yeah, and who's it? it? Says Paul Harvey's coming on or something. Yeah, turns it off. Change channel. Yeah. Oh, radio plays. Cuts back to uh, the sea captain, and. He's with Squiddy. Squiddy. Ah, Squiddy. I never had a problem with you. I just heard there was gold in your belly. Basically, what they're trying to do here is show that the B-Sharp's music is uniting people. Yes. And uh, then Homer and Marge are listening. And Marge is very proud. You know, you're going to be famous. And mm. this is the moment where Homer says, I won't let it change our lives. I'll still be the same loving yeah. father. Where's Byron? Oh, I stuck him somewhere. <laughs> he's locked it. Well, he's not locked. He's just underneath the clothes basket. I think that would count as locked. There's a rock on top of it. Oh, is there really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's great. I just was looking at him shaking the can right on the thing can, like he's yeah. in prison but anyway but as, as I said earlier this is where Homer says I won't let it change but you just can't help it fame just does it to you cuts to Homer buying grandpa a pink Cadillac and this is apparently what Elvis did for his mother oh, okay. early on in his career they then land at JFK just much like the Beatles did in 1964 but this is obviously 1986 and they have the press conference I've read that Skinner combing his hair is what Ringo did as well, during, okay. before the press conference started, but 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really. I couldn't find that anywhere. But that's what it said on the Simpsons archive website. They didn't ask a poo. The, the pretty much the press here are just dicks. They just are they trying like they're just asking questions that at a press conference. Who'd have thought? But are they taking the piss? Like you're the funny one, and then they laugh at him. But is that meant to be that the press are dumb? Maybe they're laughing at the fact they're that Skinner didn't even say anything. They're funny. just going along with it. Yeah, that's that's what the joke is. That Skinner says something completely bland, and everyone laughs anyway. I have a question for Apu de Beaumarchais. Isn't it true that you're really an Indian? By the many arms of Vishnu, I swear it is a lie. Uh, Barney, how did you join the group? They found me on the men's room floor. <laughs> what were they going for there? The writers, or yeah, the writers. Um, like why? Why did that make Barney cry? Because he realizes on a mass scale what a failure he was. He says it as if it's normal. Normal behavior. I was on the men's room floor. And they think that the yeah, reality of his better. life is just a big joke. Not realizing that it's re- the reality. They think it's a joke. Yeah. So, if someone said to you, what do you do? And you said, I um, clean toilets for a living. They're like, <laughs> they, so no, like, seriously though, what do you do? I think like, he was joking, no, but he I'm, wasn't. Yeah. I'm actually a janitor. Yeah. You prick. Like, yeah. that, that's, it's that moment. Yeah, yeah. So, then they're singing at the Statue of Liberty. And which president was? Reagan. Ronald Reagan was there. What's the, I could be working. What's that? Is that a reference I to something? I would imagine that that's a reference to the fact that Reagan, I, I don't know a lot about Reagan's work ethic, but I know he liked to watch a lot of movies while he was president. So I presume it's that. The Reagan probably went to a lot of parties and hung out with celebrities and attended these sorts of events more than people would have liked rather than sitting at home reading policy and that sort of so stuff. So they're taking the piss at the fact that he didn't work very yes. hard. Okay, that's what they're going for. Uh, then Homer obviously dedicates the next song to a very special woman. We'd like to dedicate this next number to a very special woman. She's a hundred years old, and she weighs over two hundred tons. This enormous woman will devour us all! Ah! I, I meant the statue. Cut back, and uh, Wiggum is watching the television. I'll let you go of this, because it's one of your hero- heroes. Well, this sounded more like Carson than Carson sounded like Carson in the last episode. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. But it wasn't Carson. Yeah. Who <laughs> um, was... Uh, uh, Gilligan, something or other. The captain. The captain. Chief Wiggum. Name three castaways. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's so good. But the thing is, why didn't they draw Johnny Carson like they did in the previous episode? He's very more cartoonish in this Well, I one. guess in the previous episode, because they actually had Johnny, they would have felt the need to be more true to life. Whereas in this, they're doing a caricature of the kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, that's Karnak the Magnificent. Yeah. It could have just been a different animator as well. Yeah, possibly. Not discredit yeah, yeah. that. Um, and I love this gag. This is one of the laugh out loud moments. If you think Wiggum firing at the TV in anger, like he wants to blow it up, Clancy, use the remote. Oh, yeah. Like it just he genuinely hasn't occurred to him. He forgot, yeah. yeah. And, and then it, it, the, gun, the remote's in his gun pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the holster. And is this Joan Rivers? Gun, is Joan Rivers pocket. the next chick? Uh, I think it might have been. It's someone like that anyway. Yeah. Just choke, choke, you know, taking a piss, and then just throws the gun. Yeah. Smashes the TV. <laughs> then we cut back again to present day. And Homer is not helping much. Change a tire. So she's walked 24 miles mm. there and back. And Homer's saying that we've ta- we've succeeded in the world. We've done everything. We just need the recognition from the record company, Low Lives. And obviously, it's the Grammys. It's the Grammys, yes. I don't know. It seems, it seems <laughs> my own, my, the only... The, well, the main gag that I liked out of this was um, you beat Dexy's Midnight Runners. Well, you haven't heard the last of them. That was a great jab at them, wasn't it? Yeah. They, I think they, they finished like the next month. Yeah. They disbanded like, yeah. not long after that. But David Crosby makes another appearance here. He does. He announces the B-Sharps of the winner Coming, of which award? Becoming a show regular. Uh, it was um, 
the best album, like best, most outstanding, most outstanding jazz song. Uh, sorry, soul. Yeah. Uh, spoken word and or barbershop. barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> what so what a category. Just the three niche. <laughs> Notice MC Hammer in the background behind oh, no, Aretha. I, I think it was Aretha Franklin. The Hammer pants. Uh, I think we just saw his head. It's just the, the shave on the sides. You know, he's got the lines shaved inside of his head. Yeah. Anyway, cut to the after party. And this is where Homer meets George Harrison. Obviously, George Harrison. Oh, my God. Why did you get that brownie? <laughs> yeah. The highlight of his life. He says just before that moment, which makes yeah. it even funnier. And this is, as we said, the contrast. What a nice fellow. Yes. He's, <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> but you can imagine that's exactly what George Harrison would be like. He just seems like a very quiet, soft-spoken. Yeah, right kind of person but the contrast though that the greatest moment of his life obviously after party brownies meeting the Beatles that then he's alone yeah. in the hotel room afterwards and he's yeah. calling his family and he's, he's sad and depressed well, lonely place at the top Lisa did you see the Grammys you beat Dexy's Midnight Runners well you haven't heard the last of them I miss you daddy I miss you too honey and then the, as I mentioned earlier as well the the Hollywood sign and next to it is the billboard with the words family written on it and yep. Homer's just he's depressed and Family bourbon, as you mentioned. Yes, yes. And he, the, I think he has a tip, so he gives the guy the Grammy Award. Is that what's happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a Grammy. He throws it down. Don't throw your junk down here. Yeah. Throws it back. Two. That's the second time it's happened in this episode. First one was Wiggum, the rock in the head. Yeah. And this was the Grammy. The the animation of their face once the item has hit the head, amazing. Yeah. Just glassy-eyed backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Cut back from commercial, and the family are now all at home. Marge has successfully fixed change the tire. Change the tire. Change the tire over. And they're going through the B-sharp stuff, the box of stuff. Mm-hmm. They find the lunchbox, the coffee mug, and the funny phone, which was taken off the market because... It's poisonous. It's poisonous. Obviously, just a take on Beatlemania. If you're dumb enough to eat it, you deserve to die. Bart! Bart eating it, obviously. Just Beatlemania, how they had heaps of merchandise coming out. This is where Bart makes a reference to when John Lennon once said that they were bigger than... Yeah, like what? Jesus. No, it, it all came to an end. People went apeshit. Did you say we were this? bigger than Jesus? It was the title of our second album. Yes. I, loved, I did love that. That was a funny joke. Taking the piss out of... Um, not taking the piss out of... Parody of Abbey Road, walking across water. Yep. And then Homer says that, you know. But we were about to learn an iron law of show business. What goes up must come down. What about Bob Hope? He's been consistently popular for over 50 years. So is Sinatra. Well, anyway, we were all getting tired of. Dean Martin still packs him in. Ditto Tom Jones. Shut up! Marge then says that, you know, she explains how she had to compensate with, <laughs> with, with the fake Homer. This is fake pretty much Homer. showing how their family life is going to shit yeah, because very similar to Homer coming up with fake Marge. For different plans. reasons. Yeah, different Love reasons. Love her! It's the same joke. And she it, fell, and right? in both instances, it horrifies the children. Is that kids like, kiss her? Yeah. Nobody says anything like that. It's hilarious. But yeah, I thought it was a hilarious visual in the sense that the first thing goes off and then the glove pops off and hits. Yeah. It's very much and like the ventriloquist dummy from the last episode. Yeah, it is very much. Yeah. Like the, you get your one, two, three. And yeah, yeah. Santa's little helper burying the head in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, as I said, it's just taking the toll on their family life. And Homer's pretty much gone against his promise. Not deliberately, but he just, he's been consumed by the yeah. fame of being a B-sharp. The band are now sort of in the latter years of what the Beatles yeah. were like. They are very tired, very depressed. bedraggled. And they're listening to Barney, who has his new Yoko Ono around, but yep. they call her the Japanese conceptual artist. Yep. Does she and have a name? No, that is, okay. that's what they refer that's to as. That's just Japanese conceptual artist. Um, he wants to take Barbershop. Barbershop's in danger of going stale. <laughs> I'm going to take it in a strange new places. <laughs> this is a take on... A Beatles song no, called Revolution 9. Revolution 9. Where he says, number nine. It's fucking atrocious. Yep. It is just... Yeah. I can understand why they broke up if Yoko Wendo was making them went. make shit like that. Anyway, so there's also a shot there, which I didn't realise till later, later on, when they're listening to it. The and, visual parody? Yeah, of them from the... They call it the Get Back Sessions, but they ended up calling the last album Let It Be. 
but mm-hmm. it's a lot of B sessions. But yeah, that shot of them looking tired and depressed, it's like a bang on parody of the yeah, okay. of the Beatles doing it. Skinner then walks in with Us magazine. I did like this, that after... This defines them. Yeah, th- th- exactly. <laughs> What's written in some trashy tabloid magazines. Like, finally, we knew... Like, the day came where we knew we were finished. Yep. Like, uh, we've, I've got the copy of Us magazines, hot or not. Are we hot? We are not. Game over. Yep. <laughs> game over. We went our separate ways. Biggest band in the world, game over. The thing is, though, we say that they're the biggest band in the world, but we never saw them left in the States. Well, they were only five and a half weeks. It's hardly time to book a European yeah. tour. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Skinner then... Is, basically, this is where all the characters go back to where they came from. Skinner returns to school. And this is where we get him saying, how did you spend your summer? And I thought, yeah. mm, it doesn't yep. really make sense. But as you said as well, the glasses. Yep. Just to signify he's been on holiday. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a bit different. But he, back he does like look kind of cool in glasses, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Willie blew all his money that he made on software. Yes. All the millions. I love uh, Apu talking about, you know, getting back to honest work. Honest work, How much yeah. for this quarter make? $12. <laughs> exactly what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> And Barney is back to normal, except he still has his girlfriend. Still has Yoko already. Yes. Uh, and they're at Moe's. And well, Lennon stayed with Yoko after the Beatles, obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that would make sense. Yeah, that, that would make the sense. The Japanese yeah. conceptual artist would still be there. I loved that Moe already had the plum drink prepared. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I, this random thing. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, just as, as made it so funny. And we should point out that there was some photos doing rounds on the internet of some art gallery of this. Of a course, single, yeah, yeah, A yeah. single plum floating in perfume yep. served in a man's hat. Which Yoko Ono did. It was her, uh, it was her, it was her thing. Yeah. I feel like that would smell bad. Like that much perfume. Perfume, yeah. It, w- it wouldn't yeah, it'd be, be overbearing, wouldn't yeah, it? It'd have to be, be too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you go to your grandma's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, mm, that kerosene. Homer is then at the power plant and his replacement was getting tired. Queenie, the chicken. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'll give him a good home. I didn't remember that he actually did eat it. I thought they, they alluded that he ate it, but didn't. But yeah, no, right. He just actually he, patting his stomach when he, he comes back to it, the yeah. family. Yep. Homer then says he'll never forget the five and a half weeks that they're at the top. Yep. And as I've got here, Tom on Dad of Whack, but I've already explained why. Maybe it just means they were number one for five and a half weeks. Possibly. So that could that could account for you know five and a half weeks at the top. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, they had a bit on the way up and a bit on the I'm way sure down. I'm sure there's an explanation. Well, I think that's what it was. <laughs> Just answered <laughs> yeah. it. Kids then question the legitimacy, which we've also explained earlier on. It's just their way of sort of saying yes. There are loopholes here. Yeah. Well, not loopholes, potholes. And yeah. But we don't care. Yeah. We're just gonna let it slide under the table. Uh, so it's for another night, and then he picks up the LP. I really liked the use of music of here of mm-hmm. Homer sort of smiling. Yeah, just the way you the sort score. of score, re- remembering the good old days. You know what yep. I mean. The back cover also a parody of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah, okay. The back cover because uh, Paul McCartney was facing the other direction. Yep. But they also they gave Homer the pommes crack. Yep. Just to make it very Simpsonized, and obviously he calls up everyone from the band and invites them up to uh, Top of Moe's. You know what this is taking the Mickey out. I know that the Beatles did a rooftop yeah. show. Yeah. So the the last time they ever appeared as a band live was they were recording Let It Be the album. And rather than make a, a do a concert at the end of the movie, they just went up into the top of the studios and sang the song on the roof and didn't yeah, tell right. anybody about it, which okay. is what this was. Uh, they're also all wearing it's the been s- done. Yeah, they're also all wearing the exact same clothes that the Beatles wore. Okay. Yeah. So if you, that, what I didn't understand, I, th- I felt, I know they probably couldn't have done it, but I wish they had have defined which character was which Beatle, because they all did different things. I know Barney did. Uh, well, got the got the girlfriend Yoko on it, but he was mm. also discovered and brought into the band. So he was the Ringo at that point. Yeah, they didn't sort of define which character was who. Yeah, but I guess they didn't have to. You know, I don't feel like it's lacking with. No, it's not it. lacking like with that. Just... But I kind of wish it would have made it that much better. I think. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't that's not a big deal because uh, this is because Homer in this scene he was wearing what Ringo was wearing on the roof. Yep. 
and he's not playing the drums, obviously. But yeah, it's just obviously George Harrison appears again. It's been done. The kid taking the Mickey. I like the newsy. Yeah, yeah. extra, extra. B shop sing on rooftop. Give me one of those. <laughs> Guy falls for it. You know, newsies used to do that. That's some real. Like they would legitimately make shit up to just try because they they would get money based on how many papers they sold. Oh, yell things have to be fast runners. They would be. Oh, <laughs> they're little scamps. They can get in and out of cracks. Yes, that's true. I love the end. Wigan gets the final laugh. Pretty hood chief. It sure is, Lou. It sure is. Get the tear gas. The final part here, too. One last Beatles reference. The I hope we pass the audition. Yes, what John Lennon said at the end of the performance when they sang on the roof. So, your final thoughts on the episode? Yeah, well, like I said, overall... Lots of Beatles references. I apologise if you're not a Beatles fan, but being a Beatles fan, I yeah. wanted to make sure they got out as many as possible. Overall, it's a, it's a re- I mean, it's a strong episode, and it's a one that I've always remembered fondly. It just didn't make me laugh as much as I was expecting it to when I went back to it. I think it didn't make me laugh as much. But it was more being a Beatles fan. It was more a moment of going, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, oh, fair oh, enough. Oh, that, oh, that, that's cool. But it it wasn't funny. It was just cool seeing the Simpsons doing stuff that only Beatles fans would know. A lot of yeah. the moments, you know. Anyway, but yeah, a very very. Very well written and well done homage to the Beatles and good episode. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So what'd you learn from this episode, Mitch? I learned that you can get all manner of drinks at Moe's. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Mo, Mo clearly has boutique drinks underneath the table ready yep. to go. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. Now we're going to do the mailbag, are we? I believe we are. That's normally what happens Actually, at this time of the... you know what? Before the mailbag, I think we have a few people's names we need to read well, out. Maybe I'll leave. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you're a $5 plus patron... You get your name read out on the podcast as our way of saying thank you for supporting the show. If you haven't supported us yet, it would really be appreciated. Go to patreon.com slash forefinger discount. $1 a month gets you access into the monthly draw where we give out prizes this week. Well, this month we're giving away a Tom Jones figurine yep. and a $20 gift card for popculture.com.au. $2 plus gets you access to a flurry of bonus podcast reviews that we do a each flurry. month. A flurry, yes, Mick Flurry. $5 plus gets you access to even more podcasts and more videos, Let's Plays and movie reviews and whatnot. And just there's so ah, much content on there. The, for the two bucks, is, is that historic? So like there's no time limit on those? If we if we uploaded something a year ago, does it stay around? No, the way it works is if you pay $2, yep. you get access to that month's premium review podcast yep. and any other bonus ones that we decide okay. to do. But if you pay $5? No, it's $8. If you pay $8? Yes. So the $8, that's, you get all the historic that's stuff. like the, the mecca. So you get access into our Google Hangouts, monthly hangouts, where you can chat with Mitch and I. <laughs> the mecca. Yes. <laughs> so you get bombed by Palestinians if you pay $8. <laughs> you get um, access into the full archives. Basically, what we do is each month we pick out a classic episode from the future and we review it and we put it up on Patreon. And after the 30 days is up, it goes into the archive. And unless you're an $8 Patreon or patron, you no longer get the chance to listen to it. But if you're a $2 one, you can go in there and listen to that month. And after yep. the 30 days is up, it's gone. Yep. But just download it in that 30, months, uh, 30 days and you're fine. But if you want to get access to the Bart vs. Australia, you only move twice. The yep. ones we've already done. 22 short films about Springfield. Yep. Uh, what else have we done? Homer Simpson versus yep. New York City. There's a few other ones up there. You've got to be $8 patron. That's cool. We've had a okay. few people asking us, why can't I find it? That's the reason why. Yep. So thank you too. Now that's all done, Mitch. Now we can get to the mailbag this week. All right. What are we going to kick off with the mailbag? Do you want straight into questions? Or would you like to go to a listener who... We put the call out last week for some listeners to send in wacky stories from their own town. Let's kick off with a question and get into that. Okay. First question that I've got comes from Steve Bradbury. Uh, Steve was saying that, you know, he's really enjoying 
going back through and watching, um, or you know, rediscovering The Simpsons as he's gone along, but also off the subject of or off the back of our random banter, he's rediscovering Arrested Development. He's also gone out and bought Seinfeld for the very first time, just based on how much I've referenced that and Where's our, our royalty, love man? for it. Well, he does say you guys should be getting a cut uh, okay. on DVD sales, <laughs> and I wholeheartedly I agree. agree. But try to explain that to the uh, to the, uh, the good folk at JB Hi-Fi, who who. It was announced today their profits are up like 26% or something this quarter. Now, you could say that that's because Dick Smith went out of business or you could say that it directly correlates to the rise in, 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 um, rise in popularity of four-finger discount. Now, all I'm saying, Mr. JB, is a little bit of cha-ching, please, on the side would be nice. Also, I've just launched a couple of pages, signs of JB Hi-Fi and Simpsons signs of JB Hi-Fi, so check them out and like them. It would be appreciated. Sounds like you're diversifying too much, but okay. Um question yes the question that's right he has a question so what is question what he's from england uh he wanted to know if there's any british sitcoms that we would consider either reviewing talking about or even just you know what are some of our favorite british sitcoms things that we would consider worthy get faulty towers out of the way first yeah clear yeah obvious i the germans are coming i lied to the show called my family I, I know it went for like 10 seasons but i watched the first two seasons it was i reckon it's about 10 to 15 years old now okay but yeah, I really enjoyed it, my family. Um, what else did I like? When I was a kid, my, see, my dad used to have the um, Best of British Comedy VHS tapes. I was going to say, you, you mentioned a few names to me before, and it seemed like, in your opinion, all of British TV stopped in the 80s. Yeah, like on the buses, some others do have them, um, Allo Allo, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. My mother, on, on, on Only bu- Fools and Horses, yeah. My Mother the Car. What's that one? Keeping Up Appearances. But, but Vicar of Dibley. Ah, Vicar of Dibley's funny. Keeping Up um, keeping Appearances as well is kind of funny. Uh, you just reminded, you said Vicar of Dibley. Yep. I don't know if this is British or if this was Irish because, I mean, it stars a very prominent Irish comedian. Father Ted? Have you ever watched Father Ted? I know. I don't. I have never watched it, but I know what you mean. Father Ted's very, very okay. funny. Yep. Um, the, they're all very old, aren't they? Well, no, Father Ted was 90s, I think. But what, what's the um? What's that one of the guy dressed up as a woman now? Mrs. Brown's Boys. Never uh, watched it. Yeah. I watched like 20 minutes of it when I was in England with Nicola. And I, I apologise to our UK listeners that like it. It just wasn't my thing. It was thing. fucking shite. It was just... Sorry, uh, I apologise to UK listeners for that accent. But I didn't... Uh, I just didn't get it. I just didn't... Un- they, they, were, they were sitting there all laughing. Maybe you've got to be British. I don't it's understand. It's not my thing. I just didn't... didn't. I just didn't understand it. Mm. I didn't not like it. I just didn't get what they were laughing yeah. at. Anyway. I don't know if you'd call Monty Python's Flying Circus a sitcom. Nah, I wouldn't. Uh, so, same but, with, I mentioned Mr. Bean off the air. That's not a sitcom either, yeah. but it's British comedy. Uh, Spaced. You've it, heard of it, no. Simon Pegg. And directed by Edgar Wright. Nick Frost is in that as well. Is that a TV show? Yep. Okay. So, uh, two or three seasons, I think. that I think it was only two that it ran for, but uh, Spaced was really, really good stuff. A and show that was popular when I was younger was Red Dwarf. Never watched it. Yep. I heard that was good. Uh, and I'm going to throw a more recent one and then and then my final one. Uh, Black Book. Uh, Black Books. Yeah, Black yeah, Books. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's hilarious. Black Books is hilarious yeah. from start to finish. Um the, oh, sorry, sorry for interrupting. You continue. I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Well, I was going to say this might not actually be an English show. I'm not sure because it stars David Cross, an American comedian, but it is set in London. Um, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. It only ran one series, eight episodes, I believe. It really, really, cr- just cringeworthy comedy from start to finish. What about the Mighty Bush and uh, the Office? Yeah, yeah. You, you'd have to include the Office. The Mighty Bush is fairly. Obscure, isn't it? Uh, it's like not, Flight of the Concords comedy. I wasn't going to say so much obscure, but it's very surrealist comedy. It's not sitcom it's, at it's all. Hit no, and, no it, it, and it's hit and miss. The IT crowd yeah. as well. Throw in there, but I haven't seen the IT crowd. Now, there is a pilot that I would love to talk about one day called Heil Honey, I'm Home, 
where someone thought that it might be wise to do a sitcom, a comedy-style sitcom, almost like The Honeymooners or, uh, you know, one of those sorts of shows based on Adolf Hitler and Ava Brown. How could that go Ava, wrong? Ava Brown, Ava Braun. Um, yeah, like sort of living in this kind of posh English suburb. Terrible. I promise you it's one of the funniest things. Really? It's like in a way where you're like, oh, this shouldn't exist, but it's still... It's just, it's a joke. Yeah. But, um, you but, can understand why it was never made, but it's a, it's a deliciously enjoyable pilot. I can imagine, but I'd, I th- do you don't feel bad laughing at it sometimes? Mm, no. I mean, cause there's n- it's not like you're laughing about genocide jokes or anything along those so, lines. So, that's, there's no reference to that kind of thing? No. Okay. No, it's more like, it's, it's just taking, it's like, yeah, it, it's portraying this side that you... Like it doesn't come home seen. and say, oh, I had a hard day at work today, kind of thing. Um... I don't want to say no, okay. <laughs> in case he does. But check it out. There's, there's a few examples, guys. Thank you uh, for the but it reminded me, I've, I've spoken about sitcom ideas of mine. It, it did remind me about um, another one that I was going to have. And this was like trying to come up with a very similar thing, like deliberately inappropriate that would never be made. About a guy who is forlorn and looking for love and he finally meets this girl, like Jewish guy obviously meets a girl and then brings her home to the family, only to later find out that she has a swastika tattoo. And it's, it was simply going to be called, whoops, she's a Nazi. <laughs> the whole show's just that. Yeah, just because I liked... You, it, d- you just wanted to make the pilot and that's it. The whole show is just him trying to hide the fact that she's a Nazi from his increasingly Jewish family. Does is, is, is he like see it and then it freeze frames and goes, ba-dum, 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 like that's the end? Something along those lines. But I just... I, <laughs> and then crowd laughs. Just in my head, I liked the juxtaposition of the word Nazi at the end of the sentence with... Whoops! At the beginning <laughs> of the sentence. If I've made a sitcom, I would make sure they'd say, "This show, whoops, she's a Nazi." It's filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, th- thank you for that, Steve. Now, shall I get into some crazy towns? Yes. So last, what you mentioned, someone asked the question: Is there anything that happened in Geelong that mm-hmm. would could possibly happen on The Simpsons? We mentioned the mayor, the mayor buying a giant Christmas tree, a giant Christmas tree. Um, Geelong fans jumping on the bandwagon, the local sports team like the Springfield Isotopes. Yep. And this guy, what's his name? Sorry, Richard Hanny has, written, has sent in what happened in his town. So he lives in uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth. I think he, didn't he write how it's pronounced? Uh, yeah, but yeah, but what he wrote was actually. Nothing like what the word spelled. Yeah, yeah exactly. Confuse me. So I but left. Write what he said. Say what he said, though. I've actually left that part out. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I took a screenshot <laughs> okay. of the email. I don't have the whole thing. Um, so he's had a lot of. His town has had a lot of Simpson esque purchases, and I jumped online to verify a few of these to make sure he wasn't making it up. Castle Point Shopping Centre, which started falling apart almost as soon as it opened. <laughs> uh, and oh, actually, I'll get to number two in a second. They built an artificial surf reef that produces no waves at all, it actually flattened the surf out more. So, it's like they dredged the bay or something like that to try and channel waves. So, and people the would be able to surf there. Yeah, had the opposite effect. Oh, wow. They've got a huge helium balloon that takes people up for a nice view that's never open because the weather more than not is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they put a, a huge expensive gas-fired torch in the middle of a town full of nightclubs and then quickly had to take it out after they realised that people were just throwing things up onto as the boat. I would. <laughs> and, but number two uh, that he wrote and number five that I'm reading out, they built an IMAX. Now... I'm normally all for an IMAX, no matter where it is in the town. I went town. to IMAX in Times Square. First time I'd ever been to oh, yeah. IMAX. Disappoint. I, I expected the, the screen to be bigger. Um, I, I haven't been in the Times Square Because how much bigger is the one in Melbourne to, say, the average cinema screen? Like eight times. I don't know. It's like eight stories high, though. Oh, no. This was literally, I reckon, not even double the size. And okay. they called it the IMAX Maybe theater. not eight stories. Eight stories is big. Uh, um, well, that's the size of a building. <laughs> eight then. meters? Oh, that might be it. 
Eight, eight stories compared to Hang eight on. meters is a big fucking difference. <laughs> Melbourne IMAX screen. But because you did, you told me how you went and saw the Dark Knight there, and you said it was yeah. enormous, and I'm thinking, fuck, Rogue One, Times Square, this is going to be epic. And the sound was amazing. Melbourne's IMAX screen is 32 meters wide and 23 meters high. There is no way this is 23 meters high. No way. No. Nah. Okay. Anyway. But I was a little bit disappointed. But Melbourne's better. Um, anyway, so they built an IMAX in front of a sea view. So they've got like this little coastal town. They decided to slap a big building right in front of the view of the ocean. Uh, it was voted the ugliest building in the UK, purchased and torn down. In the down. UK? Yes, and then purchased and torn down at a cost of £7.5 million by the local council. Wow. Mm. Darren Lyons used to live in the UK, didn't he? Uh, he did, <laughs> just coincidentally. <laughs> so, that's it from our friend Richard, is it? That is our... That's all from Richard. If anything's happened in your hometown, let us know. Yep. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Something that's happened in your town that could have happened on The Simpsons, we'd love to hear it. And finally, from George Wilding... Uh, he wants to know, and this kind of ties in with this episode, he wants to know what our favourite flashback episode is. For him, it is this, Homer's Barbershop Quartet mm-hmm. is his favourite flashback. Yeah, yeah. I've never really even looked at this as a flashback episode, but it really is. It's hard to go past, for me, either Lisa's first word or uh, Lisa's wedding. They're, they're two that stand out. That's a flash forward. That's a flash forward, of course it is. Well, I, Maggie makes three, I like that one as well. Okay. When uh, it ends with the do it for her. <laughs> okay. So you've ended with, like Lisa's first word, Maggie makes three, would have been a couple that I would have said. So just yeah. as you were saying that in my head, I said, thanks for taking all the fancies, Dando. <laughs> what other flashbacks are there? Um, well, oh, Homer and Marge. The way we was was a, yeah, great, the way, was a great episode. The, the way we was, I'd have yeah. to throw that in there. And then, um, I mean, there was... I like, Married Marge, which was all right. Yeah, it was pretty good. There was the camp flashback episode, but I didn't really like that all. Like oh, when Mo was the, young. Where they find the body. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll go with the way we was. Yep, that's great. Yep, cool. So that's it for the mailbag this week. That's it for the mailbag, which leads me into karaoke. Yes, well, before then, just keep sending your questions in. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If you haven't subscribed to us on Patreon yet, plenty of exclusive content. Would really appreciate support. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash fourfingerdiscount. For just $1 per month, you get access into the draws. And for just $2 per month, you get access into a bunch of exclusive content. Mitch, now, you tease karaoke. Yes. Did you tease it last week on the show? I think I did. So I was over in Mandurah. In, in, in WA, West, Western Australia, it's about an hour south of Perth. I'd uh, been to a pub, caught up with some Simpsons fans, yes, uh, Brendan and discount fans, Brendan and Cal. Yep. And then uh, the next night, I was wandering through that same part of town, didn't have a lot to do, heard a really nice singing voice coming from inside that place. I went, oh, they must have some live music on tonight. Barney. I'll, pop in, <laughs> I'll pop in, have myself a pint and watch a band. Uh, I get in, turn out, turns out it's karaoke. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be fantastic. So I would never have the guts to go and do karaoke by myself. Well, actually, let's let's get into some of the messages that we were sending back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm there. It's one of those karaoke nights where, like, karaoke can go a few ways. Sometimes it's just end-of-work Christmas do's and no one's very good. Or sometimes it's regular people that go there every week that should be in their own fucking band, but maybe they just don't have friends or maybe they just that dream passed them by. Which is fine, as long as they're willing to not give you shit for being bad well yeah that's true they've got to be supportive but it is intimidating when you walk in and go holy shit that guy sounds like Enrique Iglesias that yeah. that lady sounds like all of the Dixie Chicks but then you realise the reason they're not famous because they don't look like Enrique Iglesias that's, yeah no he certainly <laughs> did not um, 
So I'm sitting there, I'm going, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Like everyone here seems to be really good and it's like they've got their own little clique and their group and it's like, it's like you know, some people go bowling each week. These guys go to karaoke each week. Yeah. It's their team sport. Yeah, they've got the little name things on their yeah. shirts and that. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you're going to come home to my place and it's play SingStar karaoke after this? Karaoke kids. Yeah. <laughs> so then finally someone gets up that's bad and like bad to the point of not only do they sound bad, but they don't know all the words to their song. Like, and that's Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. I was. I was like... <laughs> We're here, yeah. my kind of people. <laughs> so, I'm looking through the songbook, and I'm like, oh, I, I've got to try and find someone that I don't want to sound awful. So I've got to try and find someone that I can kind of either imitate their voice or like I was looking for maybe a Bob Dylan. I was like, I'll just get up and do a Bob Dylan impression. I'm not going to be able. But you, don't, you don't want to. You want to do. You want to sing it as yourself. Not, I think it's worse when you try and sound like the person. Depends though, because the song you're saying you had to sound. You're supposed to do on it. the person. Like, yeah. You know, like like a Rolling Stone or something. I couldn't be up there going in my voice saying how does it feel like I could only <laughs> possibly do it with how does it feel <laughs> the only way you can sing that song oh that's be great. on your own um, you look like you're about to take a shit then that's how you do Bob Dylan <laughs> not an action and then but so I couldn't they didn't have much in the way of Bob Dylan um, Desolation Road but that goes for like seven and a half minutes <laughs> it was like that, and it's very repetitive yeah uh, so then I was like Ben Folds Ben Folds doesn't have that's that. like your fall back on everything. He doesn't have a great it? singing voice. No. So like as as much as I love it, it's not like a typical prototype beautiful voice to listen to. I like that with Jim Morrison because deep voice. Mm. It's easy to sound like him. So I look through Ben Folds. I'm thinking Rock in the Suburbs. If you're gonna have a Ben Folds song at karaoke, it has to be Rock in the Suburbs. Yeah. And you can t- like that's a song that's taken the piss out of not being very good. Did that suggest Brick as a joke? No, I found <laughs> Brick in there, and I said to you like they've got Brick, but no one wants to hear a melancholy ballad no. about abortion. To which you said that you had learned the hard way <laughs> about not playing a ballad. What song did you sing at karaoke? If you're gone by Matchbox Twenty. If you're gone, maybe it's time to come home. Yep. What the hell were you thinking? My sister fucking selected it because she's. We used to like Matchbox Twenty. Oh, she goes, I picked the Matchbox Twenty song. I'm like, which one? And I'm expecting that. Three a.m. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Three a.m. is a good song. And that beat song. Yeah. I get there and it starts do 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 do, and everyone just looks at me and I'm like twelve. So I was like twelve. Oh no, I would have been I don't know maybe fifteen at this yep. point. And I'm like, oh, well, I have to do it now. Like, the, song's, uh, the song started. Everyone's uh, looking at me. I'm up here for a long time now. And people booed me. Booed, they pe- booed a teenager. Pe- people yelled out saying. This is boring. And I felt... I, I stopped singing like three chords through the oh, song. Scumbags. Put the microphone down and that was it. For me, me done for the night. I thought you were an adult when you told me that story. I no. was laughing thinking that you thinking that 22-year-old Dando was like, I know how to score some I, women here. I was like forced into it. <laughs> and it just didn't... It was like one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. I did. Uh, <laughs> when I was young, I think I was 13 or 14 and chose American Pie because it was actually one of the few songs that I knew the, the, uh, yeah, all all the words, words to. to. And you felt like you were rapping? I suppose I don't really sing There's too no fast, rapping. does it? But not rapping, but not but maybe in the Madonna version. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was when I learned that eight and a half minutes is probably too long to be yeah. on stage when you can't. Paradise sing very by the dashboard well. light. <laughs> yeah. So um so after all of the oh, oh then I found um who sings common people? Pulp. Mm-hmm. So and, and I was like, what I'll do is I'll select Common People by Pulp, but I'll do it as William Shatner on the William Shatner album Has Been, which is, and I like I played that back and I was like, I it played, wouldn't have gone down with the crowd, but would have gone down with me. But I, was, <laughs> I, I played the two together, and it, the music is pretty much following along the same tempo with some slight changes. But I was like, I could do that, and like that. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. What she happened? Studied to- sculpture at St. Martin's <laughs> College. That's where I caught her eye. 
What happens? You do a Shatner impression. She told me that her dad was loaded. There's a smoking chick there that knows it and appreciates the the, the impression. Married man, dad. Um, what was uh, off the record? Sorry, I was just lost in my head, still doing Shatner (laughs) in the back of my mind. Just that. uh, By the way, just downloaded all of our Boston League. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca Cola. She said, fine. Anyway, Ryan Reynolds uh, is a bang on impression of Shatner. By the does way, does he? Yeah, nice. So after all of this, I'm like, well, I'm still flicking through the book, and then I hit it. The mother. Lo- I was going to look for um, well later after doing this song, which was very well received, and I'm. You know what's good? It's tricky by Run DMC. It's tricky. It's good for Kerry because he can't yep. sing it badly. Yeah. I am building up to what the actual song choice is, but what I was going to do as a second song and then bailed because people started leaving, and particularly the pockets of the crowd that I won over with my first song. So I was like, it was good once. If I go back to the well here, it's not going to go down well. But yeah. I was looking for um, Weezer, Teenage Dirtbag. Oh, okay. Also, really hard to sing can't badly. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, Except if you can't do a high-pitched voice for the girl part. But the, the, the worse that part sounds, the better. Two tickets yeah. to Iron That'll do. Maybe. It's no meaner. Savino Mina Savari. Yeah, Savari. Yeah. Continue. Come with me Friday, So tell us, which, which song did you end up selecting? Maybe. I think I can do that better than I can do my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with Tenacious D Tribute. Motherfucking rock song. The song taking the piss out of what, the fact that they can't sing very well. What an anthem. What an amazing track that took me back to being 14 or 15. The first time I heard that was a revelation in music. It's impos- the first time my dad heard that, he did not understand a thing about what it was. He's like, what the hell is this shit that you're listening to? <laughs> my dad's like, what's this heavy metal? I'm like, dad, this isn't heavy metal. <laughs> but it's one of those songs where if, if, it's, at a, if it's at a party or whatever, yeah. there's no way that you can't go... And he said, yeah, like, everyone yeah. has to say those words. We said nay. <laughs> we are but men. Rock. Like, you can't help but sing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and great karaoke choice because there's not a lot of singing in it. It's mostly if you want, spoken if you want crowd word, involvement. Crowd involvement and theatre. Like, if there's one thing I can do, I can talk about walking down a long and lonesome road and make it sound like I'm really in a long and lo- I'm on a long and lonesome road. We well, are very lonely. You want to try and cure for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I think I did an all right demon voice. So, as a treat for Four Finger Discount fans, as I was making my way up to the stage, uh, jaw set firmly, about to rock the shit out of the joint, channeling Jack Black as much as I possibly could. Uh, I recorded it for you. It's recorded on my phone. It's not the greatest audio quality of all time. You can visualise rock. Yes. Do your devil face as you're saying the voice. The, my devil face? No, look, look. You gotta, you, like, like, like your Bob Dylan face then was hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Play <laughs> the best song It's basically Jack Black. In the world, or I'll eat your soul. Fun so. fact. Have you seen the film clip? Yeah, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that is the song that I've chosen. The only bit that I couldn't do very well was the scat. Um, yeah, I feel like you need to have some actual musical training to be able to pull off a scat properly. I can do scat man, but I can't do proper scat. So... Are we ready for it? Uh, we- before, before I play it, though, thank you for listening to our review of Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Mitch, any final words or something you need to say? Hit it. This is the greatest and best song in the Shiny, shiny demon.
Got it.